you going to be on drafted? I don't think people realize just how many people are coming on over these three days. It's nice to know that our general manager actually has a plan. I'm ready. Sorry. <laughs> Jets have four picks in the top 40. This just might be the most important draft in New York Jets history. I can't believe this is our third year doing this. I know. It's like the guest list that we have is anybody and everybody is going to be the biggest one of them all. So it gets bigger every single year. It's awesome. I love it. I can't wait for it. <laughs> That's awesome. Welcome to Talking Jets. My name's Ryan and I'll be your pilot tonight. Boys and girls, we're all so excited. It's finally draft week. It's the last Talking Jets panel before the NFL draft. And I've got my co-pilots, Greenbean and Matt O'Leary. Greenbean, how you doing tonight? Good. Well, how many hours are we away? We're in the hours. Like We can legitimately start saying hours now. And that puts me in a good mood. I just wonder, Ryan, why are we all so excited for everyone to be so upset in just a few hours? <laughs> right? No matter who the Jets take, it's going to be a shitstorm of people being upset and like, I can't believe they passed on X, Y, and Z. Matt. Oh, no. I'm not watching a single game. I'm moving <laughs> to Canada. Ridiculous. You're telling me they didn't go this way? Matt, how right. you doing tonight? Yeah, if they don't go running back at pick four, we riot. Um, no, I, I am so, I'm so excited and so nervous at the same time. Had to rock the two nine jersey today for our guy Bilal Powell, the only one we could rock today. Congrats on an awesome career, my friend. And uh, yeah, let's do some draft talk, dude. I love that they retired him today. It was nice to 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 retire him a jet. Um, all right, we have a lot to get into, chat. We see you. We got over 200 people already in there. Drop a like. For every 25 likes we get on this video, we're going to pick a qualifier for our t-shirt giveaway. And if you're watching this after the fact and you want to be qualified during the draft to win a jersey, all you got to do is leave a comment on this video down below. So, boys and girls, what can we talk about? I feel like there's not a lot to talk about right now. I can't imagine anything has really happened there's been a whirlwind of rumors. Now, Matt, I know you posted, you were, you were texting us a little bit back and forth. Trayvon Walker appears to be the favorite to be the number one overall pick. So I guess I want to start there with, with your thoughts uh, on how this might unfold. So, yeah, as of today, he is minus 225 to be the first overall pick, which is, in percentages, an implied chance of 69 and change percent. So the odds makers really believe that he is going to be number one overall. I think that would be downright crazy. I don't get it, but it's Jacksonville. They do crazy shit all the time. I like they, they they're going to be scared off of Aiden Hutchinson because of his arm length. That's supposedly what it is. Seven percentile arm length for Aiden Hutchinson versus Trayvon Walker, who has like, I, I don't know, these unbelievable, uh, this unbelievable wingspan and these pure traits, but he just hasn't shown anything in college to prove that he is a, a prototypical pass rusher uh, yet. So that you're doing that all based on like, uh, I think I can turn him into that, but you don't know based on college. So I think that'd be a major risk, but that's where things are looking right now, as crazy as that is. 
Samantha Bennett, thank you so much for joining the Jets Talk 24-7 family. Members of the channel, drop some J-E-T-S in the chat for our newest member, Samantha. Really means a lot. Uh, yeah, man. Dude, the whole Trayvon Walker thing is kind of interesting because I know a lot of people on the Jets side of things are hoping this guy goes before us because they are so afraid of him. They see Vernon Golston 2.0. And I can understand, like, the, the workout warrior blew up the combine. You know, it's a lot of projection. I see it. I, I was watching Joe Blewett's breakdown of him, and it made me feel a little bit more comfortable in the event that he fell to four and the Jets took him because some of what he did was just holding a tackle with one arm as he tackled a running back. But, like, th like, they're, like he just overpowered people as opposed to just going after the pass rusher. Or he'd have a situation where it's a run-pass option and he doesn't do his pass rush moves because he's holding the edge and then, like, throws the tackle and goes around him as soon as he sees the quarterback has the ball. Like, there, there are, is some really interesting traits about him, but, I, dude, he's terrifying. <laughs> I'm with you, Matt. I hope he goes before us because it's he's one that definitely scares me. Greenbean, yeah. what are your oh, Greg Greenbean, what are your thoughts on Trayvon Walker? What happened? Did I go somewhere? Did no, I no, no. I, th I thought Matt was going to say something, and then he just said, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought, I'm like, oh, shit, my internet's going out. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm really curious uh, why the odds would be Trayvon Walker is now. Now, Matt, is that the more people are betting that Trayvon Walker or Vegas is kind of putting it out there that they think Trayvon Walker? What is the results that you're looking at? Is it people no. bet results? No. So at least on our site, the one that people have been betting a lot is Evan Neal first overall. Um, they're buying into the, uh, you know, offensive lineman coming back into play. Now, some of that has to do with value. His price point is like plus 1200. So that's a $100 bet turns into 1200 versus you having to lay $225 to win a hundred dollars on Trayvon Walker being the right. first pick. So I, I it's not the, easiest or best i guess analysis to go off of uh bets percentage uh or even handle percentage because some of that is swayed by what the odds are but like just the straight up odds is what the the feeling that vegas is getting on what what's going to happen and it's really just in the last couple of days we've seen that shift yeah it's interesting to me because i am one who believes now i'm not going to speak for your fine organization that you work for by in any stretch but i'm curious as to when vegas puts things like that out what is their motivation is it strictly stats or is it motivation to get people to do something so they put more money on this or that or the other thing so i believe with zero information to back this up it's my belief nonetheless that everybody wants to us to think Trayvon Walker is going first. So we all spend money on it and lose. That's what it's I possible. think. That's what it's I, possible. Now, again, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't. But I feel it none that's strong, too. I fucking really feel that way with no information. Now, as far as Trayvon Walker, Ryan said it, man. Like we, The good news with being at four is that the three more foolish organizations in this league – then us happened to be one, two, and three this year. And there is nothing that I would put past them to like whatever mistakes, whatever confusing head scratching moves. So I think that could be to our benefit. I still have hope 
that Aiden Hutchinson is going to slip to, and there's a, you know, to four. And I think there's a legitimately realistic path to get there. Now, will it happen? I think it's slim, but there is a realistic path for Hutchinson, who's my favorite edge to get there. And I think if he did, I'm fairly confident that he would be the pick. Um, I think there's so much smoke screen though. I'm going to say I am admittedly smoked out. Big. Yeah, dude. I I don't know. Right after 420, right? Um, so, dude, I don't understand. I, I shouldn't say I don't understand Walker because I, I do get it. When you're when you're drafting, you're drafting for projection. That's why people are expecting Malik Willis to go earlier than Kenny Pickett. Like Kenny Pickett is the more pro-ready quarterback now. He's probably got a higher floor, but his ceiling is like almost what it is right now from from what I've kind of been hearing. So you could get him to start right away, but are you really going to see the upside? You'd rather roll the dice on someone like Malik Willis who could bomb or could be a franchise quarterback. And I I think that's sort of what you're looking at with Trayvon Walker. And I don't know if you necessarily need to do that because there's so many good edge rushers, but I'm with you, Greenbean. I kind of think that, you know, offensive line is sort of, where I thought they would go. And Matt brought it up with, with Evan Neal. I, Icky yeah. feels like the, the pick for me um, at number one, just because of Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. And I don't know. I just, it, it, for me, it feels weird that they would go edge rusher there. I don't know, but it, Vegas doesn't lose. <laughs> That's the thing. No, they do. They never do. You're right. So that's just it. Like, it, I don't think they're getting people to bet. Although I, no. I would love to know, when did we know Baker was the pick? I thought it was the day of the draft. I it, it was, was that pick. morning. Yeah, it was yeah, that hours, morning. Hours, right. But, but yeah. supposedly the biggest liability is Trayvon Walker, which that means the books would be losing if Trayvon Walker is the pick at number one. So I don't think they they don't manipulate those lines to make more people mm-hmm. bet on it for them to lose more. That doesn't, if anything, yeah. they should be shortening those lines, which they're not. Yeah. Okay, so maybe but no, but 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 let me ask you this. So if it's if it's bet a hundred to win one thirty, is that what you said it was? No, well, no Trayvon, Trayvon Walker. Trayvon Walker, this... you got to bet two twenty to win one hundred. Yeah, yeah. He's a heavy oh, favorite. You got you you got to bet a lot more to get that hundred as okay. opposed to someone like Icky or Neil that you might bet a hundred and get like yeah, yeah. a thousand or something like totally. that. Totally. So all right. So they're so technically speaking, Vegas would be saying they're trying to get you to stop betting Trayvon Walker. Correct. They're trying to make value better on other guys so that you so are you willing to play those. Right. Yeah. So then they just might believe that he is number one overall. Mm, exactly. That's the case. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Okay. So literally, I I had it one eighty reverse. You had the reverse. I, mm-hmm. I yeah. I see where you were trying to go with it, but dude, yeah, I, yeah. I definitely I still think okay. I like I still think O line makes more sense for them. But I mean the the, the narrative we've been hearing has been Hutchinson and Walker, and there seems to be a divide within the the Jaguars organization as to who likes who. Um, So it's going to be fascinating to see. Joseph drops in, says, I'm not a fan of Hutch. He had another first round D-end on the other side of the line. I think the two of them inflated each other's draft stock. God, I... I, Can you say that about... Can you say that about Trayvon Walker playing with two other first-rounders sure. on his defensive line? Right, and, and look at the linebackers. Right, totally. Yeah, totally. yeah. you could say it about Walker. You could say it about Hutch. <laughs> I would say that there's there's probably some type of knock against everyone in this class. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Hutch had the guy opposite him. Walker was on the best team in the league. 
Uh, Jermaine Johnson went from SEC to ACC. Kayvon Thibodeau, everyone's talking about the, the personality stuff. Uh, and then Carl Loftus just kind of feels like he's being forgotten about, <laughs> almost. Like, I... I've seen mocks of him falling like later first, and that just blows my mind. I cannot Agreed. see a situation where he he falls, you know, beyond pick twenty. Yeah, well, and the same thing with Jalen Phillips and Rousseau. I mean, it happens, man. Like, you know, the thing is, like with that stuff, that's when you're only looking at the production, right? Like when you look at mm -hmm. just a a real quick box score style stat line. You know, when you just mm -hmm. when you don't dig deeper than that and see what's really going on, then yes, you can you can say that. And I don't doubt for one second that the other players on the team that help draw some of the attention definitely helps them. But there's more to that. That's that's like one layer of it. There's a lot more to like about Aiden Hutchinson and others um, than 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 just that. You know what I mean? I hear the argument, but Matt brings up a great point. I mean, when you look at Georgia, I mean, shit. If any team could could be the excuse for any one of those guys falling mm -hmm. flat on their face in the NFL, it is Georgia, man. They were everywhere. You know, and how many of those guys are going to be first and second round picks? So, oh, dude, a ton. You're you're talking about like Walker, Wyatt. Who's the other D tackle they had? Davis, Walker, Wyatt, Davis, Davis. Yeah, then you, yeah. Then you then you got Pickens, James Cook, Seen. Yep. Quay uh, Walker, Quay Walker, Kobe Kobe Dean. Dean. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. Like that's eight right there, and that's like without really blinking. <laughs> like there's probably other guys that we're just you know forgetting about. Um, no, I want to say I there's was... another linebacker that's going to go pretty high too. I think all three of them are supposed Tindall. to be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, Tyndall, top, top, top right. four Tindall. rounds. Damn, Tyndall. Yeah, I was listening to some stuff today, and they were talking about Nakobe Dean probably not being a starting level NFL linebacker till at least year two. Um, I would which love to bring him in. Like, if he falls to the second round, he's there. Let him sit for a year. Who cares? Let let Quincy Williams and C.J. Mosley play. Let Nicobe Dean learn a little bit. And I, I think he's going to be really good. I really do. I do, too. I, I happen to like Nicobe Dean. I do think I'm a dev. Like, if I had to pick one, I think I'm Camp Devin Lloyd. And I also like Leo Chanel. Mm. I like um, I like Quay Walker much more mm. than a lot of other people do. Um, but uh, I think I'm, like, just my, my best linebacker in the draft, I think I'm Devin Lloyd. Richard R. drops in with a super chat. Thank you, brother. I didn't see any uh, comment with that. Don Tiki jumps in, says, bigger need, linebacker or safety? Hmm. Uh, probably, oh, man, I don't know. Probably linebacker, I guess. But it's it's really, a, I, I would put both of them at second round needs. Um, you know, if you want to take one in the third, I, I think that's fine. But I do think the second round is where you get both those positions. Because uh, I don't think C.J. Mosley's here next year, and I probably think LaMarcus Joyner's a, a one year and done after this. Uh, Matt, what about you? Bigger need, linebacker, or safety? Yeah, I, as you were answering, I went back and forth in my head three times over already. But I'm gonna yeah. stick on. I'm gonna stick on linebacker. Um, and my fear is that I think the Jets like Quincy Williams too much and might put off mm -hmm. linebacker for too long, uh, which would make me extremely uncomfortable because. Um, Mosley is not what he used to be in coverage and Quincy Williams is more of uh, someone who's going to come up and make plays and 
uh, stay out in coverage. So I, I look at that as the bigger need, but it's really close. What about you, Green Bean? Linebacker or safety? I I would have said safety, but we didn't do anything for linebacker in the offseason so far. Nothing. And it was a major weakness last year, and one of the guys we're counting on blew his Achilles last year. Uh, and we don't even know if he's good in the first place in Jamie and Sherwood. So mm. I think I – and there's, you know, there's more – we need more of them uh, right now. Maybe not. Maybe so. I don't know. I think I would probably lean linebacker. If we get a a good, like, starting level free safety, I think we're kind of done for a minute there. And then we, mm. we have enough to look at. And then uh, linebacker, I still think we need a bunch of work. And then, right, one of the guys that we have there – we don't know how long he's going to last, you know? Mm-hmm. I'd say linebacker, uh, right? Wild Billy Boy says, Ojabo falls in the fourth round. Do we pull the trigger? Uh, I would 100%. He's not going to fall yeah. that far. I think there's a real oh. good shot. He still goes in the first round. Uh, Matt, your thoughts? I think Green Bay or Kansas City picks him up at the end of the first round. They're a team who has the ability to draft and stash a guy just like that. Um, I, I don't think he's there at 35 even. I think he's a first rounder still. Uh, John, yeah. oh, you want to answer no, me? No, it's it. okay. I was going to agree with Matt. I think he's late first, <laughs> early second. That's all. Uh, John says, how do we feel about Bruger, uh, Brugler's comments on Becton? I haven't seen it. Do you guys know what uh, what the comments were? Yeah, he no, said that some he said some people believe that Makai Becton will never put on a Jets jersey again. Oh, that was him? Yeah. yeah, I think there's people that believe that, but I don't know if it's people inside our, our building. Um, my understanding, you know, without doing too much research, was that I think Justin Hardy came out and said something along the lines of like, hey, Mekhi Becton's taking care of, was it his kid maybe? Um, his wife's I, eight, eight plus months pregnant. That's why he wasn't yeah. here. So he's not at, you know, look, I can sympathize. <laughs> my wife's pregnant. She's eight, you know, nearly eight months pregnant at this point. So I... I, until Becton shows up out of shape or he's, you know, really missing like major workouts, then I'll, I'll be concerned. I don't know. It, I would be so mad if this winds up being true. Cause if we take a tackle high, I'm just going to be so upset. I agree. Yeah. I mean, look, I, honestly, our feelings aside, one way or the other. I mean, the art. I'm, I just looked at it again. Um, I didn't. Re- I didn't realize that was Dean Brugler, but I, I did see that earlier. Um, but it's people around the NFL. So again, it's much to do of nothing. Like you know, and what do they mean, people around the NFL? So like, if you're not in our market and actually take the the moment to sift through where this noise comes from. Like, look, even our fans, like we're here and we have the ability just to look. We we can get to know the sources, whether it's Samini or Hughes or whoever. You can look and say, well, what's the source? And you'll realize that nine out of ten articles they write, there is no source. It's a bunch of happenstance. It's a bunch of uh, I think and take a, you know, uh, keep an eye on and all that kind of stuff. Like they say, scuttlebutt, the scuttlebutt. Um so I think if you're around the NFL, if you're in the market of Cincinnati or you're down there in Houston, what are you going to think's going on? You're going to listen to what's coming out of the reports. And the truth is, is that most of what they said. Now, again, we, I don't, we can't say if, Beck, if Salah likes Beckton or not. We have no idea. 
But the reports that came out that Becton was 40 pounds overweight was debunked. The idea that he was going to miss significant time with plantar fasciitis was debunked. The idea that he was 40 pounds overweight was debunked. I mean, his trainer put out a video the next day, I think it was, maybe two days later and said, this is him today. So whatever this 40 pound shit. So I'm just saying, like, I don't know the truth of it. But what I do is I just look and say, OK, what's the source and what's the 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 supporting information? And every time we've heard anything about Becton, it, there there hasn't been any real information. It's all hearsay shit. So I don't know. I don't think it's uh, Dean. This doesn't do anything. This nothing new came out today. He just said some people in the NFL think this. Great. You know what I mean? What's new about this? I don't get it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Samantha drops in with a super sticker. Thank you, Samantha. Says uh, she's got a little character holding her face going, you're number one. Samantha, we like you. <laughs> you can hang around a little bit. Uh, yeah. Gabe drops in. Gabe says, uh, if it comes down to KT or Jermaine Johnson at four, who's the pick? By the way, Ryan, Matt... Uh, Ryan, Matt, what will you be drinking draft night? Ooh, so I had I had some Sour Monkey last night. I actually have a... So we did our baby shower this past weekend, and uh, I got two Sistals, which is like a, the, the skinny, thin kegs. Like, normally you get a half keg. This is basically like a quarter keg. Um, and I got uh, Sierra Nevada Hazy IPA. That one's really good. So I might, like crack into that and still like hit that because it's still on ice <laughs> so i kind of like that what about you matt what are you drinking i don't know i feel like we've done the champagne gimmick the last two years so i don't know if i'm going to continue that for year three mm-hmm. um but uh, someone mentioned i should pick up a bottle of buffalo trace so maybe i'll have to do that i love i'm it. gonna fill this cup with mystery <laughs> fluids for every nice. round and then i'll let you guys guess it's Ooh. monster I like yeah, that. No, the it monster might, I keep right in the can. Oh, there you go. <laughs> hey, I can drink non-alcoholic alcoholically. Trust me. Uh, Joe mm-hmm. Lenace, thank you for the $2 uh, super chat. Uh, Jake dropped in. Jake says, granted, we don't trade for Debo. I want to move number 10 or 4 for multiple picks. Actually, I probably should have finished that uh, super chat from Gabe. He said, uh, if it comes down to KT or Jermaine Johnson, who's the pick? I, look, I like Jermaine Johnson. I'm going to say Jermaine Johnson. Um, I kind of hope KT's not there. Uh, Matt, real quick, what do you want, KT or Jermaine? KT. Um, that's been my stance for a while. I'm not changing off of it. Give me KT, baby. Green Bean, KT or Jermaine? KT, 100%. Uh, Jake says, okay, so he doesn't want to tr- – uh, granted, we don't trade for Debo. I want to move – 10 or 4 for multiple picks. All mocks I've done, I love more with the extra picks. This isn't a top-heavy draft, uh, but has so much second-tier talent. Yeah, this is this is a great draft to have middle like picks. So for me, I would want to trade out a four personally, because I really like a lot of the uh, a lot of the edge rushers. So I'm not opposed to getting one at number 10, especially if the board breaks a certain way at the at the top of it. Um, like maybe it goes a Quanu, Hutch, um, Sauce, and then it's like okay, you have KT, Jermaine, Walker, and you know Karloft is still there, and you know on odds you're gonna get one of those guys at, at number ten. 
Um, so I would move number four personally. Matt, is there a, a feeling you would want to move one of those two picks? Um, I want to stay put at pick four because I really do think that um, Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be there, and that's the guy that I really want. Um, but even so, like I'm not sold that Jermaine Johnson's a definite to make it to 10. So I'm nervous about what happens there. And although I'm a little bit higher on uh, George Karloftis than a lot of other people, so I'd be good with that at 10. But I just don't think the Jets would do that. Um, so um, I think if it were to be any of those two picks, it would be uh, move back with pick 10. But also, like, you have nine draft picks. I don't want to be in a situation where we're taking, like, double-digit guys in the draft every single year. I think eventually you got to, like stay in the higher side and take these premier guys. We're going to have a major impact. Hopefully green bean, yeah. your thoughts trading back from four or 10. Yeah. I mean, I'm with Matt on the idea, like, you know, trading back and getting, you know, another third and a fifth and then a fourth next year. Like as much as I love that stuff, I think it's time to like, you know, we did a lot of moving and shaking over the past two years since Joe Douglas has been here. It's time to use our capital. Now, if we can get another first for next year by moving down a few spots and not really dropping too much in the talent tier, I think that's a smart move because that'll give you three years in a row with two first. That accelerates the plan. And then, you know, we really should be good uh, after that. Um, if it's just moving down for moving down sake, you know, with a little bit of, you know, just like not really a sweet deal, then I would probably just stick and stay because we need our freaks, man. And the freaks are easier to find up top. Red John says random better receiver Keyshawn or Heinz Ward. Um, I, I like Heinz Ward. I love the smile he used to get, get whenever he got clocked across the middle, but Keyshawn was a jet. I mean, Heinz Ward, I guess is technically a jet, but not as a player. Um, I would say Heinz Ward. Matt, your thoughts? Yeah, kind of put us on the spot here with this one, but my gut says Heinz Ward. I think the, for the longevity with him, I mean, they both played a while, but my, my gut is just telling me Heinz Ward as much as it sucks because obviously Keyshawn's our guy, but Eileen Heinz. Greenbean, what about you? Yeah, Keyshawn all day. <laughs> all day. Uh, Albert drops in, says, thoughts on DeBrickshaw Ferguson, uh, pick 15 years later when we could have had Cutler or Vernon Davis. If we take Icky or Neal, is that the right move? When we took DeBrickishaw Ferguson, we needed a left tackle. We have a left yeah. tackle right now. If they don't like Makai Becton, I think if they can get a first for him and they, they don't feel they love him, then I think they'll do it and they'll take a tackle. But I would, I think we like our tackle. I like Fant. Um, I think DeBrickishaw Ferguson is one of the best selections the Jets have ever made in the history of the NFL draft. Uh, Matt, your thoughts real quick. Yeah, I don't think like the situation is really all that comparable from 2006 to now, because as you said, they really needed one. And I think people thought they were going to take Liner that year. Anyway, it, I don't think it was um, mm -hmm. Cutler. Um, so they tried I, to I don't trade really... up for Bush, too. That was the other thing. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Wow. Yeah, 2006 was an interesting draft. Greenbean, what about you? We talking about University of Virginia again? Is that what we're doing? DeBrickishoff Ferguson, 15 years later, right. when we could have had Cutler or Vernon Davis. Do you think Icky yeah. or Neal is the right move? No. That's, that's, I mean, I don't even know how you can look at it. Like, it doesn't all boil down so simply. 
You know what I mean? It's not mm -hmm. not everything is comparable to everything else. Uh, here's the thing. When we drafted DeBrickashaw Ferguson, we had no one at left tackle. We also had no one at center. We also had no one at right tackle. Uh, we had a, a devastated offensive line when we did that. That's why we used two firsts, including one that we traded John Abraham to acquire to get two offensive linemen. And then we went into the next round and got a quarterback because this franchise was vacant. We had nothing going on here. Um, so this year, we happened to have two starting left tackles with two adequate and serviceable reserve tackles. So I think it's a significantly different thing. I don't look at 2006 and say, wow, we got a good player then. We should do the same thing now, even though everything's different. You know, so I hear you. I want a dominant offensive line too. The difference between us, and again, I have no idea who Salah likes and who Salah doesn't like. I'll tell you what, if all this shit about who he doesn't like is real, I'm starting to think Salah might be a little bit of a fucking bitch. All right, like, like he's gonna start like swinging at you. I don't want to screw if with Salah. It's real. Screw with Adam Gase. I have a hard time <laughs> buying into Salah doesn't like everybody. He doesn't really like this guy. He doesn't like the like. I don't know. I'm just I'm finding it hard to buy into all this dramatic stuff because if he doesn't like all these guys then something's wrong with this guy. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's my first thought. It's like, hey, man, we have some talent here. Use it until we can have time to replace it. The fact that we are talking about replacing a couple of the positions that are the only positions that we have any serviceable players in bothers me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, if you're going to get a first-round pick for Becton and then replace him with Icky, all right, then do it. You don't like him, fucking get him out and then and do what you got to do to get your guys in here. But the way I see it is we're creating a hole to fill a hole when we already have a guy that we could fill another hole and like, see what these guys do, see what these guys do. Um, and then, and then let's assess the situation. You know what I mean? Dallas James drops in with a $20 super chat. Thank you, Dallas. You're the man. Uh, he says, Hey guys, I asked Richie from Jets media earlier. If the guys, uh, if the guys, the Jets want aren't available at four, do they use the four pick in a package uh, for Debo? Just a thought. What do you think? Let's go. Um, I would be very upset if we gave up the fourth pick for Debo because I think you can get maybe not a haul of picks, but I think it's far more valuable. Uh, like, I don't think any team is going to give up enough where us giving up 10 would be the worst option. Like, I, I think 10 giving that up is a lock. Like we're, we're going to get him at that point. Um, so no, I would, I would say I would not, I don't know what situation you could possibly have where I would give up for, unless I'm getting like a ton of players back. And I don't yeah. think that makes sense. Uh, Matt, what about you? Yeah. To a uh, pick four is too rich for me. I'm completely okay with doing, giving up pick 10, but I want to hang on to uh, to pick four and get my edge there. I think that's super important for this team. For me, the difference is, at least my belief for what I would want to do, I if the Jets don't trade for a receiver, I would like to use pick 10 on a receiver. So I'm okay with uh, moving that pick for an established guy like Debo Samuel, who's just entering his prime. Well said, Matt. I like that. Green Bean, what about you? 
I wasn't listening. What did we say here? Uh, hey, guys. Trading, trading number four in some type of package to get Debo Samuel. Oh, yeah, I was listening, actually. Um, yeah, I agree with what you said, Ryan. Like, I don't want end mad at that, for that matter. I want to take a player at four because I don't know how many more times we're going to be up here. In, in my hopes, we're not up here very often and moving forward, right? I don't want to have a top five pick every year uh, anymore. So we, uh, we take our – you know, our shot being in the top five, we get a top five player and uh, and then move on from there. Now, if somebody's going to say, hey, dude, I'll give you three firsts and a third like San Francisco did last year and you move down six spots, you go, yeah, a top 10 pick and uh, three firsts and a third sounds better than just a top four pick. So I would do that. But I agree with you, Ryan. It has to be sweet. Like, I'm not moving down for the sake of moving down. There are at least four or five players I would love to get at four. Uh, CE drops in, says, off topic, but I hope we move back to Queens. Lease is up in 2024 next to City Field uh, to get out of Giants' shadow and change up our ugly unis. What do you think? I think it's more likely that the Jets re-up the lease for whatever duration of time it is because we are now two years from 2024, and you would have had to start building that stadium already if we were going to do something. So I, I don't think Jets are opting out. I think they're staying in, in MetLife at least for a little bit longer. Uh, Matt, your thoughts? Yeah, like, I, I get it. Um, I don't like MetLife Stadium either. Um, one, sharing it with the Giants kind of sucks. And number two, I just, I don't know, it's a pain in the ass for me to get to. So it's for selfish reasons, I don't like it. Um, but, I, like, does it make sense to have two 100,000-seat arenas that close to each other? Like, I, I don't know if logistically that's the wisest thing. So while I don't love sharing the stadium, like, from a logistics perspective, I don't really know like is another a hundred thousand seat building really good for the area Greenby, what about you what do you think about uh possibly moving to, out of metlife i want to tell jets fans and i've been saying this since the mid 90s okay um they're not moving back there was that 10 minute period when herm edwards went to the west side and said look and now we're gonna build a stadium that was 15 minutes other than that, it's never been realistic for the Jets to move to Jersey. I want to remind everybody that we actually moved from Hempstead. Matt will tell you. He used to look out his window and see the place. It was really real. it was yeah. there, right? They, they, they spent $250 million to build a facility over in New Jersey. It's gorgeous. They have space. They run the town. There's Teterboro Airport. Or, I'm sorry, Morristown Airport's right there. They can fly guys in. It's 10 minutes from their facility. Dude, it's the sweetest gig in the world, and they pay less taxes. So, mm -hmm. I'm just, I, it would be a miracle to see them squeeze in a spot back in New York somewhere. I, I just don't see it. And I never did. Holy I was excited. Smokes. Holy oh. shit. Oh. <laughs> All right, my files. We got both your super chats back to back. Let me do the $50 one first. Holy oh, cannoli. Mutt Viles drops in. He we'll says, see. Can we please stop writing off Becton and buying these O line picks at four to replace yeah. him? Becton dominated as a rookie, was hurt last season. All these BS reports of him not caring uh, about ball, being overweight is absolutely ridiculous. We're 100% on board with that. And Mutt Viles drops in with a massive 
big dong super chat, 300 bucks. Holy smokes. Uh, thank you. Holy hell. Uh, he says, if JD didn't believe in Becton, he would have been traded for a first rounder by now. We have more holes to be filled, uh, uh, filled in like edge safety, wide receiver one, heck cornerback one. I like Icky. He is a stud of an O-lineman, but we got our dominant guy in Becton. He's going to come back, destroy every single edge rusher coming after Zach Wilson this season. Dude, we saw Becton ragdoll people like just throw them across the field yeah so i have a hundred percent faith that they see his upside it's the same thing we're talking about almost with the trayvon walker kind of situation where you're you're projecting based on incredible upside and makai becton was hands down the most talented high upside uh tackle coming out of that draft and i think even after seeing him for one year that is still the case yeah. Uh, now, so of course, you, I, I understand you could be a little frustrated that he hasn't seen the field. But I, again, last year did not hurt. You know, it, it wasn't his fault. He got rolled up on. So, Greenbean, I'll throw it to you. Are you with Mutt Viles here on, on, on how everyone is, like, writing Becton off? Yeah. Listen, I've been a Jets fan since 1982, right? I've been an active Jets fan. Like, I was on the internet message boards earlier than a lot of people. I was in there. 1998, like I was already online doing what people are doing now. Back then, before this millennium, I was doing this shit. Never, ever, ever in my entire fandom as Jets fans have I seen fans turn on players so quickly as they have with Makai Becton and Denzel Mims. And it's specifically because of these loser beat guys that we have that are writing stories without any foundation. We've made dozens of videos telling you guys there's nothing here. All right. Like, I don't know. I mean, and even if there is, it's a trade. There's no reason to hate. Muff Files is slamming it down. We watched this guy completely neutralize Joey Bosa. He threw Nick Bosa around like Ryan said, like a rag doll. Salah actually moved him over to the right side that game because Beckton, he, he took Bosa out of the game. So, like, what is this? I don't even understand. So I've never seen it before. I don't even know what these fans, and now we got a draft. Like, if we're concerned about a player that got injured, do you realize that we would be using a first-round pick on every position? Elijah Moore was injured. Michael Carter was injured three times last year. You know what I mean? Like, the AVT was injured at the end of the year. Like, how many first-round picks do we have to use to take to to fill holes of guys that got injured? Like, it's too important of a position. Okay, I don't know. I don't know what to tell anybody anymore. And if we decide to trade him, it's all well and good. But Becton's going to have a fine career in this league, whether it's with the Jets or not with the Jets. I think it will be. The guy, we watched him. For an entire, for 14 games, we watched them fucking dominate. So I don't know what people's deal is. I don't really get it. Mutt Viles, I'm with you 100%. (laughs) B2B says Mutt Viles just bought Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Matt, your thoughts on the whole Becton situation? Yeah, I mean, I think it's been overblown this entire time. Greenbean said it so nicely before where... First, it was, you know, Makai Becton's an M&M away from 450 bills. Then it's, you know, it's his fault that he was out for the whole season. It's just these narratives are so stupid. It's everyone has it out for the kid. 
can we at least get him to training camp? Like if there is a legitimate, if he's in training camp and there's a legitimate concern, then this is a different conversation, but we're not even close to at that point yet. It's just so unbelievably frustrating. And I personally can't as good as Icky is once you signed Lincoln Tomlinson to me, that ended any conversation for a guy like Aquanu at the top of the draft. Yeah, absolutely. I'm right there with you. Muttvile says, I had a full speech, but it was over 800 characters, LOL. Uh, and it wouldn't let me donate the whole thing. <laughs> Muttviles, we love you, brother. Thank you. Uh, that that was absolutely incredibly, you know, too generous. Too generous, brother. Uh, Gary B says, Hardy replied to Connor Hughes, y'all got to chill with the narrative to break players down. His child comes first. That is absolutely yep. what I was talking about earlier. And it's echoing what, uh, we're hearing from Upwiles as well. Dude, you gotta gotta calm down on this whole narrative. I like him. I'm a big, big Becton fan. Uh, Vincer says, uh, if the Jets draft O-line, I'll be drinking tequila. <laughs> that sounds uh, about right. Richard R. says, have y'all seen Jalen Armour Davis's tape? Sleeper cornerback from Alabama. I'd like to get him if we don't take Gardner at four. Have y'all seen his tape? I have not seen his tape. I don't know where he is projected to go. Greenby, do you know anything about him at all? Who is it? Jalen Armour? Yeah. No, I don't I don't even know who that is. Let me let me look and see. Hold on. I don't know. Right. What position is he? No, I don't know he's who a, that is. He's a corner. So we'll let you take a look at that. Uh Altoon says, uh, if Walker or Thibodeau are there at four, who do the Jets pick? I think it's Walker. I, I really do. Uh, I think there's enough smoke around Thibodeau and the Jets not necessarily liking him. Even though we've seen, like, it feels like the last two weeks have been like, the Jets are all in on him, and now it's like Jermaine Johnson over over Thibodeau. I think if Walker is deemed the first overall pick and he somehow falls to four, I would be very surprised if the Jets did not take him, even though a lot of Jet fans are, like, squirming at me even saying that. Uh, so... Oh, he's talking about Armor Davis. That's that's who it is, right? I knew. I'm telling you, it rang a bell, but I'm like, I don't. Yeah, that's Armor Davis. Uh, Armor Davis out of Alabama, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't look. The truth is, I haven't spent too much time on the on the cornerbacks. He's he's supposed to be like a fourth, uh, fifth round pick. There are whispers saying though that he might be better mm-hmm. than uh, his partner Joby, Job. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, sorry about that. So Armor Davis. I do know who it is. Truth is, I didn't dig too much on him, though. That is fair enough. Uh, Let's see. Who we got? Fernando. Fernando celebrates two months of membership. For every month you get, you get a free Super Chat. So thank you, Fernando. Uh, He says, my feeling is they will draft Icky, play him at right tackle, have Becton versus Fant at left tackle. The loser is the swing slash trade. Not saying I'm for it. I'm a Kayvon at four kind of guy. Um, oh, man, that just feels, I would be so mad because Joe Douglas is an offensive line scout. He should be able to hit on guys in those third, fourth, yep. fifth rounds. I don't I don't want to spend another top pick on an offensive lineman. That's like the one position that I think I would be really, really irritated if they took. Um, so I, I would not be happy with that. Uh, Vinster drops in, says, need to sign Jason Morrow to retire a jet. Matt yeah, knows. he's legendary. <laughs> Jets legend, baby. Let's go. Yeah, him and uh, who was the other one? Jalen Saunders. Or... No, that's a good no, one. Probably... I was thinking. Uh, uh, oh my, he's on the tip of my tongue. Twenty seventeen draft class from Clemson, the tight end. The tight end. Yeah. Um. 
Safarian Jenkins. No, no. no oh my that was god! Texas Someone Tech. help me in the chat. Come on, that chat. Was Texas Tech. Um, god, I don't know. 2017 tight end from Clemson. Leggett. Oh, Leggett. Jordan Leggett. Yeah, ah, yeah too. Leggett. <laughs> Leggett. Thank you. Oh, Went back geez. too far. Our brains That's are right. gonna melt. Um, let's see who is up next. Albert. Had to say it's one of McCagden's better picks. <laughs> <laughs> Albert Sue says uh, Lynch Parag want more than 10 for Debo. Uh, I don't want to do that. Um, and then let's see. We were device. Bam. So this is going, you know, with that as well. Uh, Tony Pauline says the Jets will get Debo Samuel. That number 10 picks belong. That number 10 pick belongs to San Francisco. They have told him. Uh, he can seek a trade. Thought around the league is Jets will make an offer. They can't refuse. Yeah, look, I we've known the Jets want to trade for a receiver. We've been in on Amari Cooper. We have, you know, we were in on Tyree Kill. We were going to be in on Calvin Ridley. We apparently, you know, reached out about it before the whole gambling thing came out. Uh, there's there's rumors of DK Metcalf. I, there's no way Debo wants a trade. We have all the capital in the world to make it happen. We have a young quarterback that we need to really surround with talent. I, I would be stunned if this did not happen. And if it's just for the number 10 overall pick, I would be ecstatic because I would much prefer Debo at 10 than any receiver in this draft at 10. Uh, Matt, your thoughts? Uh, Tony Pauline's never been right about the Jets, but if there's ever a time, <laughs> this is it, baby. Let's freaking go. Come on. Greenbean, your thoughts on trading 10 for Debo? Funny, because another reporter said earlier today that the asking price from the Niners is too high. They're asking for too much, and more than likely he won't be moved. So I think all these guys are so full of shit that their eyes are brown and they're just making stuff up. That's what I think. I mean, look at how many things we're hearing, because somebody might be right. And that'll that'll override all the stuff they've gotten wrong, and they'll say, "Look how right I was about this." Look, I'm totally into Debo for ten. I actually think they would have to give Debo and something else, maybe a fourth or fifth, uh, with them. Number ten is incredibly valuable. Don't forget, Devonte Adams just got traded for essentially what breaks out to pick thirteen. So we're talking about Debo Samuels with one year. Now, granted, a very good rookie year too, but one super year. And we're and now now all of a sudden we got to give him 10, 38, and Elijah Moore. You know what I mean? It's like it's nuts. Um, Pauline is never right. He was the only time I remember Pauline being right was when he said that McCagnan was gonna get fired, that there was a major fight in the draft room with Gase. And McCagden and then Manish came out and said it was wrong. And then four days later, five days later, McCagden was fired. That's the only thing that he got right. I don't remember anything Pauline said that it, that he was right. You know? uh, young Stench becomes the newest member of the Jets Talk 24-7 family. Thank hey, you so much, Stench. brother. Boys and girls, drop that J-E-T-S in the chat for our newest member, Young Stench. And hopefully he gets a little deodorant because uh, rumor on the street is he is a little stanky. Based That's on what his, I hear. Uh, that's what I hear, based on his username. He's still, he's still <laughs> young, though, Ryan. you got to give him some time to figure it out. Can I chime in with the Makai Becton tweet that he literally fired off 58 seconds ago? <laughs> yeah. I'd love perfect to hear it. It's perfect. Well, it's the, no caption, just this picture. It's a meme from SpongeBob 
mm-hmm. and it says such shut your clown ass up <laughs> Wait, hopefully, Mackay so Becton, hopefully Mackay Mackay. Becton is watching right now Mackay Becton the three of us love you you're gonna throw some dudes around and we're gonna friggin' go on a Super Bowl run once we make this whole draft thing happen That's and right. Debo comes to New York uh Mumtaz drops in says praying it's only number 10 for Debo I hate all the wide receivers right now Yes, I would prefer to give up just number 10 for Debo yeah. uh, and then not lose the second round picks because we do need a bunch of other players as well. So I'm with you there, Mumtaz. Uh, John drops in. John says, what is the plan next year for right tackle? Fant can walk. I think you got to draft a developmental tackle in the third, fourth, fifth round uh, of this year. And I think there's a few guys that I really like. Um, Mike Vrabel's son, Tyler Vrabel, out of Boston College is someone I think the Jets could look at later in the draft. Uh, and look, I, Joe Douglas fancies himself a, an offensive line scout. There's no reason he has to spend a top pick on on an offensive player so or on an offensive lineman. I'd be very, very upset with that. Uh, Darrell Revis drops in, says, imagine we take Brees Hall at four. I would puke and destroy my whole TV. Yes, we would all puke. We'd go on an infant punching rampage. I would be so mm. upset Ooh. with that. Uh, Blitz crew. Drops in, says, Becton and Mims totally agree. All these media guys looking for clickbait has made fans bail on these guys too early. Who are your guesses for top pick shocking slipping to the second round? Um, yeah, Ooh. look, I, I can understand being upset with with Mims because of, you know, what went on last year, but I don't get the whole Mekhi Becton thing. Uh, as far as guys that could slip, I think it's probably Linderbaum and N'Kobe Dean is the, is the, are the names that I've been yep. hearing the last few days. So, Matt, are, are, is that what you would say as well? You stole my answer. Those were the two that I was going to say. Supposedly, like, there's some thoughts that George Karloftis is going to go into round two, which, again, I just think that is absolutely insane, but we'll see. Me too. Creamy, what about you? Is there a a player you think might fall to that uh, second round? Uh, I think there's been a lot of talk about Christian Watson being a first-round pick, and I I think he's definitely going to be there in the second round. Uh, so that's one. And he's one of the reasons that I like taking a wide receiver later. Cause I happen to like him, but I don't like him at four or 10. I think it's too rich. Uh, mm-hmm. cause he's going to take a minute, but he's one that I would say. I also agree with, uh, I don't think Linderbaum's making it. I think that the Bengals are going to grab him. If he's there, he'll be yeah. better than any tackle. He'll be more higher rated center than any of the tackles that are left. I think obviously Neil and Icky and probably cross and even penning, uh, I mean, I was listening to um, Pat Kerwin today. Said he would be blown away if Trevor Penning was there at 16. Ooh. So that's oh, something. Yeah, I think a lot of teams are going to like him uh, for sure. Yeah, man, he's got that. Um, what was the guy the center last year? Um, Miners was his name, right? Um, mm-hmm. The guy who walks a big fat guy with the half shirts. Remember him? What was his name? Doug Miners. I, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, you I'm, don't yeah. know. I got no. no I don't idea know who you're talking about. You know who I'm talking. Creed uh, Humphrey. Well, anyway, yeah, no, no, no. He was, he was a center. He ended up going in like the second or something like that. But he had a fucking great year. But uh, yeah, he was another one that everybody said was going to be there, like in the third or fourth. And teams loved him. You know what I mean? You know, he ended up going. So I think Penning's in the same kind of mold as that. Steven drops in, says, seems like picking a wide receiver at 10 is a reach, being that the top wide receiver this year would be wide receiver three or four last year. I bet JD goes strength of the draft and not wide receiver at 10. His willingness to pay big for Hill is pretty telling given his past. Yeah, I do think that, well, so so my thought process with Hill and giving up two seconds and a third 
to me feels like they were trying to raise the price for Miami. I don't think he was ever coming here. I think they're giving up the 10 pick probably makes a little more sense to me. Um, ah, yeah, look, I'm right there with you. I don't, I, I think a lot of the receivers are really good in this class and it wouldn't shock me if a lot of them were better than the top end of last year's draft, but there's not one that sets themselves apart like the top three in last year's draft. Uh, Matt, your thoughts on this. On the as, on the wide receivers. Sorry, I was trying to look up that guy Greenby yeah. was talking about, and I just... yeah, everybody got it. Found him. It is minors, Quinn Miners. Okay, my... right. <laughs> so we're man. going on. So I'm all derailed now. So we're going on about the wide receivers in the last few drafts here. Yeah. Yep. Just uh, from last year, like he seems like picking a wide receiver at ten is a reach, given that this top draft wide receiver would be like wide receiver three or four in last year's oh, draft. Sorry. I. I think that's a tough thing to have to try and argue I against. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much of uh, a reach it really is. Like, sure, would they be wide receiver one in the other two classes? Probably not. But at the same time, there's still going to be probably, in, at least in my thought, I think there's going to be six or seven receivers who go in the first round. So I'm not trying to wait, wait around to 35 and get wide receiver eight there. Greenbean, what about you? What do you think about uh, the receivers at the top end of this class and not going receiver at 10? Well, I think he's got a good point. I thought Matt was going to bring out his 47% stat. I, w I was looking to get into it with him. But um, uh, <laughs> so here's, here's what I'll say. I think that the Jets may like Jamison Williams or maybe one more wide receiver. Like maybe I'm thinking Olave, but who knows? Maybe if those guys are there, I think Atlanta's dangerous to be able to take uh, maybe one of those wide receivers off the board. If they like one, they'll take one there because I think wide receiver is is important. If not, if they think, like you said, Ryan, the strength of the draft is not wide receiver. And if they see a higher rated player there, linebacker or whoever, like if a Kyle Hamilton or a Sauce is there at 10, they'll probably go that way. And then they'll wait till the second because guys like Watson and Dotson and Pierce, they're all going to be there in the second round. So um, I think, I mean, it's a good point. And I do agree that uh, maybe Jamison Williams, there's an argument for him, but any other receiver, if you look at Garrett Wilson or Alave or London, none of them are going to be rated higher than CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, Ruggs, Jefferson the year before. And none of them are going to be rated higher than Devonta Smith, J uh, Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle. So are they really as good as we think they are? Don't forget, fucking first round, first round wide receivers bust all the time. We just had two of them on our team. One's Corey Davis, the other one's Brashad Perryman, and we had Dotson, and there was Kevin White two years before that. I mean, dude, just taking a wide receiver in the first when you reach for one doesn't work. It's a bad move. Edward. Drops in and says, Becton, Mims, Zach are fine. Now some tequila. Yes, you deserve some tequila over there. Uh, Ryan, great name, strong name, uh, says, did y'all uh, ain't see TikTok of Zach golfing? Watch it. I haven't. I actually reached out to Zach on Instagram. I don't know if he runs his own Instagram or not. I run a golf course. Would love to have those guys up for a free round of golf. So if any of you guys know those, or if any Jet players are watching and you want to come golf, come see me. I will 100% get you out on the course for free. Uh, I love you guys. Uh, Don Tiki 
drops in, says, if you had a magic wand and could take uh, and could make two current Jet players in the NFL Jets, two current players in the NFL Jets, no quarterbacks, who would you pick? Um, I would say Jamar Ch- I would probably do Jamar Chase and Chase Young. Those would probably be the two I would want right off the top. Wide receiver and edge rusher, both incredibly elite. Um, Matt, what about you? If there's two players, non-quarterbacks, who are you waving the wand for? Yeah, those are good answers too. Um, I'll go a little bit different. I'll go Justin Jefferson at wide receiver. Um, and on the defensive side, TJ Watt. Ooh, I like that. Greenbean, what about you? Two guys that you could wave a wand for in the NFL that you could make jets, no quarterbacks. Who would you take? Uh, I would love Justin Jefferson and TJ Watt. Those would be my guys. That's a, that is yeah. a, that's a great, great pick. I see I a love lot of Jefferson. people saying Nick Bosa. That's not a bad no. one. Parsons. Parsons is a great one. Nick Bosa comes here. Dude, mm-hmm. think about this. I want to just remind everybody. Okay. Nick Bosa had two season ending knee injuries in college. They took him with the second overall pick. He had a great rookie year, second game of the season, his sophomore year. He was out for the rest of the year with a torn ACL. Do you think San Francisco fans gave up on him? I'll tell you what, Jets fans would have. Why the hell would we want Nick Bosa now? Why? I don't understand you fucking people. John says (laughs) Sam Darnold and Jamal Adams. It's hard not to agree with him, right? Uh Knob Craft drops in says, do you guys remember when we traded up in the second round to snatch Hackenberg? I, did we actually trade up? I thought we just picked him no. with our pick. I no, we, we traded up for Petty, though. Yeah, and he says, that's my favorite draft memory. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Knob. Uh, Christian Hackenberg is the legitimate reason why we are what we are right now. That pick might have been the worst pick in Jets draft history because it prevented us from taking either Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes the next year and then forced us to trade three second-round picks to take Sam Darnold. And it just created an avalanche of horrible decisions after that. So, man, that is that is a, a draft decision I hope I don't have to remember too much longer because we are going to have all our success coming right now. Uh, Daniel says, Rather send 10 for Debo... And if they want more, they can pick what they want from next year. Rather keep our seconds and thirds since we got a little more inside info after coaching the Senior Bowl. Yeah, I agree. I I would give up number 10. And I don't think anyone else is giving up more than what the Jets would have. Like, if the Jets gave up number 10, I don't think there's another pick out there or another team out there that's giving up more than that. And I think San Francisco fans probably understand that. Matt, I know we got to let you go. So give us your thoughts here. Um, yeah, I could kind of see that. Like that makes sense. They should be able to theoretically find that value. And if you do trade 10, maybe then you move out of four and then you pick up that extra first rounder for next year. And then you're, you know, you're on your merry way to getting your, all that fancy draft capital that everyone loves so much back. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not afraid to move pick 10 for a guy like Debo Samuel. This is the reason why you have all these draft capital, uh, in the first place, your rookie quarterback is making pennies on the dollar comparatively yeah. to other quarterbacks. Now's the time to get aggressive and pay um, someone like a wide receiver or a weapon 
big time money because you don't have to pay a quarterback $40 million a year. And some money. Let's do it. We'll do it again on Thursday, boys. I'm with you all Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Dude, I love it, Matt. I can't wait to watch the draft with you guys. It's going to be so exciting. Matt, you have been ejected from talking Jets. You're out of here! (laughs) All right, Greenby. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, Oh, I just clicked off of it. Uh, Daniel says he'd rather trade... um, Number 10 for Debo, and keep our second and third round picks after coaching the Senior Bowl. What are your thoughts? Well, I think, like, the way I would look at it is this, is if wide receiver is what we're going to do at 10, or if we're at least strongly considering it, is Debo Samuel better than Jamison Williams or, you know, Garrett Wilson or whoever? I personally feel that he is. Now he's a little older, so you got that. And he comes with a $25 million plus price tag. So there's that. You have to factor that in. But like Matt just said before he left, this is the time to do it, dude. We're not spending $40 million a year on Zach Wilson. So go ahead and get him an elite weapon. And then you still got Elijah Moore and the tight ends and Michael Carter and Barrios. You still got all the guys. But now you get him somebody elite in there that teams are going to fear. So I would rather, if it's straight up 10 for Debo, I hope Joe Douglas still works and tries to get a fourth, tries to get a something in addition to Debo. But yeah, man, if that's what it boils down to, 10 for Debo, do it. That's what I would say. And then keep your later picks for the same reason that was said. I love it. Marcus, thank you so much. Drops in with the $20 super chat. Says, your thoughts on Jets going Edge, Thibodeau, or Johnson at four, and wide receiver Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson, or Traylon Burks at 10, then trading up into the first. Uh, for Trevor Penning, I think he's Joe Douglas's guy, long arms, athletic, effing nasty. So, I like Edge at four. I prefer Johnson. I have no problem if they go Thibodeau because I trust our judgment on on all the scouting process stuff. Wide receiver at 10. If we're going wide receiver at 10, I'd rather offer that for Debo. And if they say, nope, we're not doing it for 10, you know, take your wide receiver. I think that's fine. Or go yeah. a different position and take receiver. Yeah in the second round as far as trading back up for trevor penning i think you're gonna have to trade so far up into the first i wouldn't do yeah. it um if he's there at the end of the first by all means i'd, I'd be okay with that at that point green bean your thoughts yeah well i think you said it perfectly i'm with you now let's say that what you said doesn't happen and trevor penning is there at pick 30 31 or something like that then you can consider it but i think mm-hmm. dude there are some really good uh, third, fourth round tackles that uh, that I, I honestly think uh, within a year can be starters, man. Like, I, I don't mm-hmm. think it's like you said before, Ryan, and I and I really do believe this. Like, it's it's all well and good to to settle into an organization and use it, use your first pick on a tackle, then use your next pick mm-hmm. on a on a guard. Like, I love it. I'm with you 100 percent. But at some point. We got to spread that premium wealth around to the rest of the team. And you, with offensive line being your strength, Joe Douglas, you should be able to find us offensive linemen in the third to sixth round. You should be able to do that. I'll remind everybody, most of the free agent offensive linemen that we were clamoring over before free agent started, James Daniels, uh, Kappa, all these guys, they're fourth round picks, second, third, fourth, sixth round picks. That's what they are. We happen to sign the first round pick in Lake and Tomlinson, but 
Most of the guys that we're looking at, tight ends, tackles, guards, they're all mid-round picks. We got to start being able to do that. Like guys like Tyler Smith, Darian Kennard, like those kinds of guys, man, Godecki, these are guys that if you bring them on, they're not ready to start right now. But if you bring them on in the fourth round, you leave them behind Phantom Becton for a year, you work them, they know this system. So when uh, when you got to make a decision next year, they're ready to start. And I think that would be a better uh, way to go than losing draft, ca draft capital or using premium draft capital on a position that we already have players. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Uh, we'll get to some other ones in just a second. Mumtaz dropped in with a $10 super chat. Thank you, Mumtaz. Says, ESPN did detailed analysis on DVOA the last 10 plus years and determined who has gotten most value. Unsurprisingly, the Jets got the least value by a mile. Joe Douglas's 2020 draft is the uh, is only one slightly positive, uh, which is shocking to me. <laughs> like, I mean, everything before the 2020 draft was horrible and the 2020 draft, a lot of us are kind of looking at it and being like, Joe Douglas, what the hell did you do? Like, because we had injuries, uh, you know, with, with, with Becton, Mims isn't playing, all that good stuff. Uh, so let's go there, Green Bean. Uh, what do you think about the Jets not getting, um, you know, top value out of their draft picks? I mean, is it surprising? I and mean, these are the articles. It's like, you know, when, when we see this stuff, it's nice to see it, like, made official. But did anybody in this chat, there's 667 of you guys out there. There's Ryan right here and me. I can't imagine too many of us weren't aware of how bad it was. Now, we might not have had the DVOA numbers, but shit, man. I would watch those drafts and think, why? Like every pick, what? Like I'm looking at who's on the board. Like, oh, yeah, we can get this guy. We can... And it's like, what? Fucking Blake Cashman? You know, Ja'Kai Polite, like, why are we doing this? And I did that every single year. There was a handful of players throughout the years that I liked. Other than that, man, the guys I picked, most of them went on to have great careers. And for some reason, the Jets got nothing. And it's because we've had accountants and losers running this organization. Uh, and hopefully that's that's over. I feel like it is. Let's see. This is a big draft for us, Ryan. You know what I mean? Absolutely, dude. This is going to set up our franchise for, or crush us for the next bunch of years. Uh, Brian Scantleberry drops in and says, what if Debo doesn't want to sign an extension with the Jets and that's why the trade hasn't happened? I would be very surprised if that were the case um, because I think he liked playing with Lake and Tomlinson. He knows Salah. He knows the floor. Look, if there's any thought that he's not going to sign an extension with the Jets, the Jets just aren't going to offer the trade. It's just not going to happen. Um, so, Greenbean, any thoughts? Uh, if Do you think Debo may not want to sign an extension with the Jets? You know, I wonder, Ryan, I, I think about this all the time when guys like Pauline say it's a done deal and Debo doesn't want to play in San Fran. Does he really want to come here? Like, mm -hmm. does he? Is he one of those guys like Bryce Hall and C.J. Mosley were talking about last year? Do you want to be part of something great and help us build something from scratch? Is Debo that guy? Like, does he not mean? I'll tell you what. If he's not willing to sign that extension upon the trade, then you don't do it. No way. You know what I mean? So I think, I don't know, maybe uh, Debo Samuel is the exact character that we want. And he loved LaFleur and Sala. Maybe he wants to go back with his old coaching group. Maybe he didn't like Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan, he liked Benton and uh, and and LaFleur. Who knows, right? 
Yeah, dude. I Look, I think there is so much smoke to us getting Debo, and it just fits so well. We need a wide receiver in the worst way, and it just feels like that's going to be you know, a done deal. So I, re- I hope we see it happen in the next few days here. It would be absolutely awesome. I want to see it happen on draft day. I don't want to see it happen before that. I want like draft day to happen and the Jets just, Jet fans just go friggin' bananas. Uh, Brandon B drops in, says, passing on Jamison Williams is passing on Randy Moss. I'm not sure about that. I like, uh, I like Jamison Williams a lot, uh, you know, minus the injury for sure, but I don't know if he would have been on Randy Moss's level. Randy Moss was like one of the most elite prospects to come out in, in a long time. Uh, Kevin C says Samini mocked for the Jets. Icky at four. I hate that so much. The O line is the least of our worries at the moment. Uh, B G M. Uh, it would be G M negligence. Yeah, dude. I I don't think. I think Samini is getting people fired up for the draft, knowing that's not the pick. I would be very surprised if we took O line in the top ten. Green Bean, yeah. what do you think about Samini's pick here? I well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised as much as maybe some other people. I don't think they're going to do that. But the reason that it wouldn't surprise me is twofold. One is I think that Joe Douglas, if there really is a best player available and that player happens to be Icky or Neil or Cross for that matter, if it happens to be that that guy's so much better then the next guys there in there on their board, then they're not afraid to do that. Again, like Joe Douglas said, a, uh, a luxury today is a necessity tomorrow, right? So we know that. And look, we don't know how the negotiations have been going with George Fant. We've heard that they were working on an extension for, since the middle of the year. So maybe Joe Douglas already knows Fant is gone. Maybe, maybe. Maybe they do know that Becton's going to be moved. I mean, so it would it would say more to me than just that. But I do think they're not afraid to to take a position if it's really a best player situation. I think that that could end up that way too. But I think I would be surprised. I'd be disappointed in some respects too. Um, but I don't know, man. It could happen. I think I'm just slap happy anymore, Ryan. I hear you. <laughs> T.A. Rugg, thank you so much for becoming the newest member of the Jets Talk 24-7 family, brother, boys and girls in the chat. Drop some J-E-T-S for our newest member, T.A. Rugg. Thank you so, so much. Uh, Jake drops in, says, I'd give up 10 for Debo, not 35, 38, and 69. I value those picks higher once we lock up an edge. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I was partial for like, oh, hey, I'm, I want to keep the top you know, number four and number 10, because they're elite players, and I'd rather give up both seconds. And to an extent that I'm still almost there, like I could give up both seconds if that was what would get it done. But if I had to give up 10 and nothing else, I'm okay with that, especially if they were thinking wide receiver at number 10 anyway. So yeah, Greenbean and I are both on Debo for 10 if you can get it done. Um, Who we got? We got CE. CE dropped in. Said, speaking of Keyshawn, doesn't it blow y'all minds, uh, your minds, that there's more Keyshawn Johnson merch for sale than Krebet? And why such a limited selection of retired greats? I literally, I, I got this jersey of Nick Mangold from our good buddy Sack Exchange. Right. Because I couldn't find a jersey anywhere. Like, I was looking all over for that mangold jersey and i look i agree i think you should be able to buy the jet great jerseys from our website there's no reason not to 
you know, I think the Jets are, I don't know. I don't, maybe it's setting a premium on those types of jerseys. I, I don't know. What do you think the rationale is for not, not being able to get them? I think that they're trying to, to strong arm us into buying what they want us to buy. They're, they're missing an opportunity because I agree with you. We should be able to go to the jet store and mm-hmm. get a Gastineau, get a Klecko, get a Mangold, whoever the hell we want. And we should be able to get it in the years that we want. If I want to get mm-hmm. a Joe Klecko in today's shitty wings, I can do that. You know what I mean? Like if, if I want to get a black uh, Richard Todd jersey, I should be able to do that. But they want us to do, they're trying to make us buy what they want us to mm-hmm. buy, which leads me to believe they've already produced a certain mm-hmm. amount of certain things. So they want us to buy. That's what I think, mm-hmm. Ryan. I think it's all money. And in my opinion, they're dropping the ball because, like you said, Krebet is one of the more popular players in our history. Keyshawn was only here four years, man. Like, as much mm-hmm. as I loved Keyshawn, I was a huge Keyshawn Johnson fan. That was the jersey I wore when he was here. Mm-hmm. But, dude, he's been here. He was here four years. Krebet was a warrior that stayed with us until he beat his brains in so bad that he couldn't play anymore. Like he, mm-hmm. he basically killed himself on the field for us. Um, why wouldn't you allow us to buy his jersey? Like, what is Dude, that? I love Wayne Corbett. If you look at, up there, that ball is a signed Wayne Corbett ball. Easily my favorite player in Jets history. Him and Nick Mangold. I, like, I love the two of them. And I, you should absolutely be able to get their jerseys. No questions asked. Uh, Wild Billy Boy drops in and says, if you compare any of... Mike McCagnin's drafts to our 2020 draft, 2020 would blow it out of the water, especially if Makai pans out, which he will. Um, yeah, dude, the, the McCagnin drafts, what was his best pick? Is it Quinnen? McCagnin's got to be Quinnen. Right? Outside I mean, of look, that, I can, mean, who else? You, I, can, I, you can make the argument that Jamal Adams, because we got two firsts and then we made true. a fourth into a third. So you can make that argument. It's there. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as what the player did, that that part of it, the good part was Joe Douglas. Mm-hmm. I mean, as I think Jamal Adams will always be a good player, right? He's not a mm-hmm. bad player. And, and even if you don't like him, you can't. I mean, if you're looking at things objectively, you can't just say people suck. But mm-hmm. the truth is, the truth is that he has been an absolute liability in coverage. He has been all over the place, and his impact has absolutely fallen short of two firsts and a third. So that's on Joe Douglas. But the arguments there, I think another one could be Leo. Leo did end up having, you know, uh, 13 sacks or whatever it was Mm -hmm. in his contract year. Uh, So, you know, there's a couple. But, dude, the guy had five years. Free agency Mm -hmm. and drafts. Five and tons years of that, capital too. He got to use tons. all of Idzik's capital that he left yep. out there. Right, Idzik. The the thing he did right was he cleaned up Tannenbaum's crazy pretzel that he twisted this organization. I mean, look, Tannenbaum sold the future for the present, and it almost worked. You got to give it to him. You mm-hmm. got to give it to him. But Idzik came in, and the only thing he had to do was clean up Tannenbaum and let Rex pick all the shitty players that he wanted. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then McCagden was the beneficiary. He, he he walked into a full open chest of jewels and gold coins. You know what I mean? So He, uh, he yeah. hopped into that level on Mario where you're bouncing around, you get all the coins and everything. Right. That, that was, it's like, yeah, that was it's McCagden. the extra level. <laughs> <laughs> uh, totally. Let's see. 
We got Marcus says, we ain't getting Debo. John Lynch said it loud and clear. Uh, one thing I'll say, Marcus, is Odell Beckham Jr. is not getting traded, and Jamal Adams is going to be a lifetime Jet. And both those things happened. So I don't think we can buy anything that Lynch is saying. Yeah. I think if the player doesn't want to play for you, I don't think he is going to play for you. Uh, I think that has, I think that ship has sailed for sure. Uh, Marcus drops in with another super chat and says, I think we should use some capital to trade back into the first. I'm with you, Marcus. I really am. And I would be, so my thought process is the Jets trade down from four after like the first three picks go not a great way for the Jets. Like maybe it goes, I guess everyone says Walker is going to be number one, but let's say it's, you know, uh, let's say Walker one, KT two, Sauce three. And we, you wind up a situation where it's like, okay, I don't want to take an offensive lineman. Trade out of four, get whatever you can. And then now you can hop back into the first, but that's if you don't get Debo. I don't know if I want to trade back into the first, Unless there's really a player falling at a position of need. Yeah. I don't know. Is there someone that you think you would trade back up for? Yeah, there's a couple. Like, now, look, it depends on who we get, right? But let's say, for example, let's say we can get from 35 to to 30 for mm -hmm. a fourth, for, like, pick 117. Yes. And you can grab Linderbaum. Yeah. The best center in the draft. If you and, – and you – if, like, for me, if I'm eyeballing Linderbaum – yeah, and I can move up for for pick one seventeen. I absolutely do it. Now, if I don't take a wide receiver, and right the same thing, like right before KC and Green Bay start mm -hmm. to go back and forth, if I can go up there and let's say Garrett Wilson or Drake London or Chris Olave or my true favorite is really Traylon Burks. That's the guy mm -hmm. I think is going to have a fantastic career. So let's say he's still there, and you can get up there for pick one eleven. I do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's just it. The, the, I think the receiver for me is the biggest one, but I think there is a legit possibility uh, that the Jets and KC were kind of talking. They allowed KC to get more picks because of Tyree Kill and the Jets throwing some money and saying picks and this and all that. And they got the higher value for Tyreek than they would have gotten from Miami if the Jets didn't help them out. We'll help you out. We'll let you, do, we'll let you hop right in front of uh, the, the Bengals to get your center. Hey, Ryan, what if this is how deep it is? Mm -hmm. So last year, Joe Douglas and Andy Reid and everybody got together. They gave us LDT. We needed help. They gave us LDT. Mm -hmm. We know how that all worked out. Joe yeah. Douglas said, I'm going to get you back next offseason when mm -hmm. you want to trade Tyreek Hill because they know they don't want to pay him and he's getting older. They want mm -hmm. you. I will help raise the price mm -hmm. for your wide receiver. And then, so we'll all work it out. And then they mm -hmm. wash each other's hands back and forth. Now they let us jump up to get mm -hmm. ahead of some people. As long as we don't take the player they want, who do you want? We won't take them. Yep. And then we take them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I don't, I don't think it's that crazy, man. I got old videos playing in my ear. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, no, dude, I don't think it's that crazy to think about that. I think you could have. Now, I don't know if it goes that deep, but I do think there's right. a situation where you have that conversation like, hey, we just raised the price for Tyree Kill for you guys. We knew he wasn't going to come here. No one else knew that, but we knew that. And now you're sitting just in front of Cincinnati. We would love to get up and get our center because they're going to snatch him at pick 31. I, dude, I love it. I think it's a, I think it's a home run move for sure. 
Um, Blitzcrew drops in, says, we probably missed on too many draft picks. Rookie jerseys wouldn't sell if we had more legends. Rookie jerseys wouldn't sell if we had more legends. I, maybe, I guess. I, maybe. I mean, maybe there's a situation where it's like, hey, we just don't, we, we don't have enough players that are going on to their second contract and guys are just like, hey, like, like me, I'll be honest. I have not bought another jersey since I bought Jamal Adams and Sam Darnold because I've been burned on those players. Like, I'm probably going to go out and get a Barrios jersey just because I love that he took less money to be a New York Jet. It's just, it's, that sort of stuff means a lot to me as a fan. And I want to yeah. see players want to be here. And I want to support players that want to be here. And if, you know, buying his jersey for 100, 150 bucks, whatever it is, I think it's, that that's probably the route I'd go. Is there a player you would you would uh, get a jersey of right now, Green Bean? On our team? Yeah. Um, well, I have a Becton. Jeremy from, uh, you know, Jeremy from NFL Chaos, he sent me a Becton mm -hmm. jersey. Uh, so I would, I, that would probably be the guy. I would might, mm -hmm. I might consider like an AVT. Um, yeah, that would be a good one too. If Quinnen was as dominant as he was supposed to be, I'd, I'd love a Quinnen. Like, I like to get, like, linebackers and offensive linemen jerseys and Same. shit. I do, I do an, like I'm, those almost more – I don't want to say obscure jerseys, but that's why I like yeah. Mangold. Like, it, it, that is, like, yeah. a guy. It's a great one, man. Yeah. I'm with you, too. Like, that's what it is. It's like, you know, look, when you go to the stadium, you're going to see, you know, two-thirds are going to be our quarterback. Mm. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. I don't – ever get a quarterback jersey now i'll buy a quarterback mm -hmm. jersey for my son because yeah. he's you know he's new he's excited he's a kid you know what i mean so i'll do that but for me i'm i'm an old grump i'm fucking grumpy <laughs> jaded old bastard you know so i want like a little bit more obscure like i always wear i wore dennis bird for years years even before he was injured like i i had a dennis bird jersey uh, I wore that in the same. Then he got paralyzed, and I wore that jersey forever. Then I got a '90 jersey uh, that has my name on the back, and that's that jersey by my friends is called the Dirty Bird. Uh, so everybody <laughs> knows that you're wearing the Dirty Bird. But yeah, so I like those kinds of things. Like I like yeah. Well, look, Duncan McLean says Green, Green Bean's going to get a Yaboa jersey. If Yaboa started, mm -hmm. he might be a guy that I would consider. I love it. That's my kind of guy. You know what I mean? Sure. Tight end. Thomas Cahill drops in and says, Green Bean, uh, you think we could grab Alec Lindstrom in the fourth? That's the center from Boston College. If we don't go center with Linderbaum or Zion Johnson, that is the center I want. Yeah, I like him. I also like Donovan West. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I would is love to Arizona get Arizona State, is that right? I don't know if yeah. that's right. Yeah, let me okay. double check real quick. I, I think uh, it is. I'm pretty sure it is. The truth is, is that honestly, it's smearing together for me at this point in time. <laughs> like I'm you. all over the fucking place. Uh, let me just see Donovan West, Arizona State. Right. Yep. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So I like Donovan West. Uh, there's also been I, I was turned on to Zach Tom and I like mm -hmm. him, too, a little bit more versatile. But mm -hmm. yeah, Tyler uh, Linderbaum is the clear consensus. Number one. And Lindstrom was the number two once Jared Patterson dropped out from Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. It's been Lindstrom in the past maybe month or a little bit more. He has dropped like a stone. And I've looked for why, and there's no reason for it. So I don't know what it is. I think it's probably fake. Um, but, yeah, I would love to get Alec Lindstrom in the fourth round. That would be a beautiful pick for me. 
uh, NY Jets says, Thursday is a new beginning. Greatness is upon us. Dude, I hope so. I can't wait. I love the draft. It's my favorite time of year. Uh, real quick, we're jumping back over to Mutt Viles. What's up, dude? He says, hey, I can donate again. Am I the only one who won't believe a Debo, uh, won't believe, and Debo or trade news, any Debo or trade news, unless it's from Rap Sheet. Yeah. Rappaport is the most legitimate source it is. I think, like even more so than even Chef. But I would say the yeah. two of them would be the guys that I pay the closest attention to. And I mean, look, if, if Samini comes out and he says, hey, the Jets just traded for Debo Samuel, I'm going to believe it at that point. Like, I, there's a few guys I would, but dude, Rappaport is definitely the, the best of the bunch. Yeah. Well, without question, I mean, he's built the network that he's the guy who gets the he's the guy who gets the news now Schefter is number two but he's had a rough year this Adam Schefter you know what I mean he's made some mistakes and said some things and he's pissed some people off and I don't know what that means but even up until a couple of years ago even Glazer was pretty reliable when he said something but he's kind of fallen off I don't I don't know what's up with him but I'm with you man rap sheet is the one when when Schefter says it it's 99 and 44th, 100% of the time, not changing. That's what it is. That's the news. So mm -hmm. all these other guys, you'll see Samini, Hughes, they make shit up. And then when it's real, they go reported by Adam Schefter or be reported by Ian Rappaport. That's how it goes. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Mutt Files here, Ryan. Ryan, strong name again. Uh, Green Bean could be wrong here, but didn't Rex want Odell, but unfortunately was taken a few spots ahead of us. Uh, we had to take, uh, so we had to take Pryor. We didn't have to take Pryor. That was an elite Why did we wide receiver class. Well, because Odell went before. <laughs> Rex did want Odell, and a lot of Jet fans wanted Odell too. I, I know yeah. I did. And, so take but Brandon I, Cooks. I was surprised. I, I loved the idea of the Louisville Slugger, and I loved Rex because he had just led us to two uh, AFC Championship games. So look, I, I bought into the hype <laughs> for sure, but it, it, it blew up in our face, and we should have gone with the. Uh, the edge or the the wide receiver for sure there yeah well look I, I'm, I'm gonna be really honest and i'll be forthcoming and transparent and tell you that i made myself believe i bought it too i was mad that was the strongest wide receivers class in history up to that point at least rumored to be and i wanted brandon cooks i thought he was absolutely going to be a jet they said louisville slugger I said, no. Then I looked, and he's a hard hitter. And I said, okay, mm -hmm. this wide receiver class is so deep. They know they wanted to get their best safety, and they'll get the – And the, I think it was Jalen Strong I was eyeballing and Jordan Davis. Maybe that was the next – yeah, I think that was the draft. Um, Jordan Davis. That was when I think we took like, like three – did we take two or three receivers that year, and they were all like yeah. fourth round and later? It was like Chad Henson yeah. and like – we know well now we started with um in the fourth round you're right we started mm -hmm. in the fourth that was with jalen saunders then we took yep. um shack evans no shock evans there it is shack evans from ucla he's never played an nfl snap then mm -hmm. we took quincy anunwa and right. then we took i thought it was four maybe it was three i think um, it's three i think you're right yeah we also got yeah, so that that was uh, yeah, and all I mean Quincy Anunwa out of everybody, if he didn't have injury concerns, he would have been he was fucking fantastic. That guy, Dude, I love his game. He was Debo Samuel and AJ Brown and all these guys like Traylon Burks. He was that before that became super popular. Um, 
and he just couldn't stay healthy. That's that's the biggest yeah. issue. It's uh, a bummer. It is. But, I mean, to say that Odell was gone, so we had to take prior, I don't know. That's just Rex being Rex. I mean, like, when you look, Idzik had no power. He had the power to manage the contracts and all that stuff. You know, Rex wants nothing to do with the numbers. But as far as players, dude, that was Rex. All Rex. Oh, 100%. Jake yeah. drops in says, Tanny let Rex pick all the toxic players he wanted. The nerd couldn't stand up to the bully. Idzik was just the only clown to sign up for round two. That's right. That's it. Um, He's 100% right. Rex was a very loud, boisterous kind of guy, and I love yeah. him for a lot of things that he did for the New York Jets. But if we had a GM with a backbone, like if you gave him Joe Douglas for the entirety of his career, I think we win a Super Bowl with Rex. I think there there would have yeah. been a situation. Like, I think Douglas has the backbone. Yeah. Well, I think that first two – see, like, here's the thing with Tanny, and you can totally see the difference in Tannenbaum – with Mangini and the difference, because don't forget, Tannenbaum was an accountant. So the idea that he knew player talent at the time, look, he's in the NFL circle, so of course he knows something. He's working with Parcells and everybody. Mm -hmm. But Mangini's picks were Rebus, David Harris, Nick Mangold, uh, you know, DeBrickashaw Ferguson, uh, Leon Washington, Brad Smith, you know, Marcus Dustin Coleman. Keller. Yeah. Right. All those guys. So then he goes to Rex and he picks Kyle Wilson. And then his next first is, I don't know. Muhammad Quentin Wilkerson. Coles. Yeah, Muhammad Wilkerson, then Quinton Cobles. And all these guys that had these, these reputations with him. Then he gets rid of Kotchery and, and uh, Brad Smith and Braylon Edwards and brings in Plaxico Burris from jail and Derek Mason. I mean, there was a, a systematic deconstruction of a well-built team. And like you said, if that was Joe Douglas, it doesn't happen like that. Joe Douglas is the boss, but we can't forget how much control Rex had when he was here. The mm -hmm. owner loved him. You know what I mean? loved him so much so that he let Tannenbaum fall on the sword and mm -hmm. then, you know, said whoever comes has to take this coach. It was doomed to failure. Now we all hoped, I hoped, but sure. uh, Tannenbaum wasn't the problem. He was just the guy, he wasn't able to fix it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's all it was. But Tannenbaum did some great trades, man. You got to give Tanny credit. Dude, where I credit love the Cromartie good. trade. The Cromartie trade was great. Second round pick for a guy that. Is that your favorite one? Is that your favite trade? think so actually no thomas like? jones thomas jones i like a lot that was a goodie thomas yeah i liked uh chris jenkins that was my Ooh, favorite trip. that was a good i loved chris jenkins Hell he was yeah. great i wish he could have stayed oh, healthy good. he was I a fun know. jet to watch dude he was a man amongst boys bro uh don tiki don tiki drops in says people saying that they'd rather trade the 10th pick rather than the two seconds for Debo, but couldn't we trade back from 10 and recoup mid uh, to late first and a second? I, dude, I struggle to think we can trade out of 10. I really do. And I think if the Jets are thinking about using 10 on a wide receiver, I would trade it for Debo every single time. There's no way I would take any of these wide receivers over Debo Samuel at 10. Um, now, I do think there's a realistic shot we trade out of four and we get a bunch more picks, and then it helps lessen the blow of, of trading number 10 or a pick in general for, for Debo. I think you could trade out of, out of four 
and wind up getting, say, like 16 and 19 and trade 16 and maybe like a third or something along those lines for, for Debo. Greenbean, uh, what are your thoughts here? Well, on the trade back, uh, well, I totally get it with this, with Don Tiki's super chat. Um, hey, what's up, boy Green? What's up, buddy? It's good to see you. It's good to see Yo, you here. Oh, boy Green's going to be hanging out with us for a little bit on uh, one of the days of the draft. We're excited to have you, dude. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm excited. Uh, boy Green, did you see the little uh, trailer that we made? You're in it. Oh, you should totally that. look at it. It was at yeah, the very beginning of the stream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I think like what Don Tiki's saying, it's like, I get it that if you trade the two seconds, then you can use 10 to trade back and you already got your wide receiver in Debo, so you don't have the pressure. You can trade back to the middle of the round, grab a, a Devin Lloyd or a Linda Brown, whoever you want. And yes, that's possible too. But Joe Douglas has a better idea of whether or not there's actually a trade market. I mean, look, all we hear about is trading back. You got to remember the other half of that is somebody wanting to trade up. If you think we know that the top end is a little bit less spectacular than usual in this draft and other teams don't, then, mm -hmm. you know, you know, I mean, there's always going to be players that people fall in love with and they're willing to trade up for. But it's uh, are they willing to give you a a, a a trade that's worth it. So if you can just give 10, which is nice and easy, you were going to use it on Garrett Wilson anyway. And you're if, if that's the case, and you go and just grab Debo Samuel, and then you just let the second round come to you, you got two basically essentially late firsts. Um, yep. That's just cleaner to me. I get what Don Tiki's saying, and yes is the answer. You can do that. But again, there's it's like very simple. It's like this, Don. When you got fourth and inches and you see offensive coordinators like Brian Schottenheimer doing, you know, all like a, a complex play with a with a pass, like throwing it back to the running back, then the running. It's like, dude, it's inches. Give the ball to the running back and let him barrel for inches like there's less complexity. It's easier to get three inches by taking the ball and handing it to a 240 pound monster than it is to get the ball to the quarterback, the quarterback, step back, throw it to this guy, have him throw it. Over. There's a lot that there's, it's too complex to achieve the same goal. So it's like having a bunch of connectors in with, with your right. wires. It's better to have one long wire than a bunch of connectors to get to the yeah. same distance. There's another way to look at it. I like that. Nice and clean. So yes, is the you can do that. Again, one just seems clean and 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 more simple, and that's usually the best option. Uh, Sorless drops in. He says, "You think we take the six six O tackle from North Dakota State late? Uh, I hope we take a tackle late and have a developmental guy that can replace Fant after the season if we don't wind up re-signing him." Uh, Marcus drops in says, where are we going with picks 35 and 38? If we say edge at four wide receiver in some capacity or a trade for Debo at 10, I would go safety and linebacker, uh, in the second personally. Uh, Joe drops in says if Dean Linderbaum, Burks, Karloftis and Lloyd fell either to the late first, uh, fell either to the late first to trade up or for simply, uh, to 35, who would you want? Wait, who would you most want to trade up for? Hmm. Dean, Linderbaum, Burks, Karloftis, Lloyd. So it depends if we got our receiver, because if they really like Traylon Burks, I'm with Greenbean. I think end of the first is kind of where he winds up going. 
Um, if we didn't go edge and Karloftis is there, I'm totally fine jumping up to that. If we have settled edge and wide receiver at 4 and 10, then between Dean, Linderbaum, and Lloyd, I it depends if Zion Johnson is also still there for me. Because if, all, if Zion Johnson is there, then I think Linderbaum and Zion, one of those two would make it to 35, and I'm cool yeah. with either one of them. That's uh, a good so point. I would prefer Lloyd or Dean in that situation, but uh, I completely understand if you go with the center because it helps Zach Wilson. So, so that's my thought. Greenbean, what about you? Yeah, I I agree with what you're saying there. Um, and Fally, yeah, like that's the thing. Like the truth is, is that Linderbaum is is definitely the cleanest, most pro ready uh, center in the draft. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that Zion Johnson and Donovan West and Cole Strange and some of these guys are mm-hmm. going are not going to be great. That's that's not what that means. So if you're okay with a Zion Johnson, like so, if it gets to the end of the draft. Mm-hmm. And and Linderbaum and Zion are still there, and you feel good about getting one, then then that's that's good news. That's good news if that's what you're shooting for. Um, that said, I'm really, I gotta say, I'm hoping for Kayvon Thibodeau up top, but I gotta tell you, my next guy, well, Hutchinson is my number one, but if mm-hmm. not, my next guy is Karloftis. Like, mm-hmm. so I'm really happy with Karloftis. If he if he falls, I would love to 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 grab him. I really yeah, would. Sh- he strikes me as a great compliment to a healthy Carl Lawson. I, I think that's that's where I am on Carl Loftus. So if he's there, I don't have a problem going up again. I just think we should get our edge in the top 10. Uh, NY Jets, what's up, dude? Thank you for the super chat. He says, Ryan and Greenby, and I love both your shows. I want the Jets to draft O-line and Linderbaum. When the Jets have the best O-line, always almost made uh, the playoffs. I want the best O-line in the NFL. I think that's possible this year. Like, I, I really do. Yeah. And I think the Jets could replace McGovern at center and still have that same type of success. Like, I think this is a top 10 O-line all day, and it should not be the issue for why we're winning or losing games. Our team should ride on Zach Wilson and the, the talent we put around him at the skill positions. Uh, and then, obviously, you have to help out the defensive side of the ball because if you're giving up 30 points a game, you're not going to win many games. Uh, so, Green Bean, what do you think? O-line early in this draft? Well, this is the thing. I uh, I agree 100% with what 24 is saying. Like, yes, when you have a dominant O-line, everything seems to work out better, right? Your running game is better. The quarterback is calmer, cooler, collected. You know, therefore, the receivers do better. Everything is great. But that doesn't mean that you have to use three consecutive first-round picks on the offensive line. Like we have now, we have Becton, who's a first round pick. We have AVT, who's a first round pick. We have Lakin Tomlinson, who's a first round pick. I forget where Connor McGovern uh, and I think um, Fant well, might have McGovern, been Connor top 10 center. Lakin Tomlinson, yeah. Pro Bowls, like left guard. Yeah. yeah, left guard. Left guard? Left guard, yeah. Whew, words are hard. Yeah, right left guard. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Like, but, so, yeah. So, like, and we've been kind of saying this for a while. Like, it's like, I hate to be bent out of shape if we use premium capital on the offensive line. Right. It's like, it's hard to be angry at that. At the same time, yeah. we have a lot of holes on this team. And it just so happens that offensive line isn't currently one of them. Mm-hmm. So, now we questions, maybe. Sure. So, you go ahead and you bring in a Darian Kennard or Rashid 
uh, Wallace, uh, some of these other guys, and you let them, you you develop them from the third to fifth round, you know, because we don't have a sixth. So you develop these guys, bring them in, and because we have an offensive line that is capable of doing great things, man. That's the truth. And don't forget, guys, the first half of last year, even with the guys we had, it's a complex system. They didn't they didn't understand it. They they were clearly all over the place as the season moved on. They settled down, and it got better and better and better each week. Then the injuries started coming. We lost McGovern. We lost ABT uh, and and all that. So, I mean, look, at the, the last game of the year, we were starting Feeney, uh, McDermott, and uh, who the hell was the other guy? I think we were starting Ross Piercebacher. So, you know what I mean? So, it's like, you know, that's what we were looking at. So, I think it's important to have depth and everything, and I'm 100% with that. We need our offensive line. The problem is I think you also need other things, and we happen to have the offensive line. So let's support it, not necessarily use premium capital on it this year. Scott Wilson, thank you so much, brother, says, what is the drop-off from edges available at 10 compared to 35 like Ebekiti and Bonito? Uh, I like Benito a lot. He's a two-point stance guy, so I don't think he fits the Jets' scheme specifically. Um, but that's just it. It's like if the Jets saw enough out of the Senior Bowl with like Boye Mafe, players like that, uh, Perion Winfrey, then maybe they're okay passing on an earlier one. I don't buy it. I really like the top five edge rushers in this class, and I think you should come away with one of those guys uh, in that top ten. Is there a, would you, would you be okay for going an edge rusher at the top of this draft for mm. a second round guy? How do you feel about that, Greenbean? I I really hope that we don't do that, man. And I like Ebiketti, and I think he's talent talented enough to be able to uh, develop into a four three hand in the dirt guy. Uh, he is projected to be a three four guy. Um, like that's his, the best case for him to have an, uh, a, you know, an immediate impact is to be drafted to a three, four team. Mm -hmm. But I think he's talented enough. If you, if you go back and watch his tape and then his combine, he's a very fluid, like he just looks naturally smooth and comfortable in his motions, which mm -hmm. isn't the case with everybody. Some guys look really stiff and he doesn't look like that. He looks very fluid. Um, so I think he's very talented. I would love to see him if you, you know, I would love having a player like him, but he's going to be mid to late second round. And I just, it's going to take him a while to get there for us. I would hate to forego edge rusher up top and then hoping that Ebiketti is going to be the guy. You know what I mean? Like, yep. you know, and if we, grabbed, if we grabbed KT and Ebiketti because he slipped, great. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. But like if he slipped to the third, um, that'd be fine. But you got to give that guy time to to change over to 4-3, put on maybe 10 more pounds, that kind of stuff. That's my thoughts. Multivitamins drops in with another super chat, says, I always like Rap Sheet. Also, last thing uh, on it, I sent you all, uh, or I sent you the full Becton donation. If you want to read it off stream, Love the stream. Can't wait for the draft and for the draft streams from Thursday to Saturday. Mutt Viles, where did you send that? Did you send that to us on Twitter or Instagram? I'll read it right now. Um, let's see. Oh, got it. Okay. All right. 
So I got it here. It's from Twitter. He says, Sup, guys. Happy draft week. Want to get something off my chest. Can we please stop writing off Becton and buying into these O-line picks at four to replace him? Becton dominated as a rookie and was hurt last season. All this, all these BS reports of him not caring about ball and being overweight are ridiculous. If JD didn't believe in Becton, he would have been traded for a first rounder by now. We have more holes to be filled in, like, I don't know, edge, safety, wide receiver one, heck, cornerback one. I like Icky. He is a stud of an offensive lineman, but we uh, got our dominant guy in Becton. He's going to come back and destroy every edge rusher coming after Zach Wilson this season. Draft edge at four. My favorite is KT, unless Sauce is on the board. At 10, trade it for Debo or draft any wide receiver except Drake London, or trade back and go linebacker or center. Can't wait for the draft. Screw the BS reports on Becton and go Jets, 11-7, and wildcard team. He says, sorry for the novel, but this was the whole super chat. I wanted to send it before yeah. it wouldn't let me. Yeah, dude, absolutely, dude. I, much appreciated. We'll read anything you send us, you know, all the time. It really, really means a lot. Dude, I... We're right there with you. Becton was such an impressive player his rookie year. It would be a damn shame to draft an offensive lineman with the thought of trading him for like a late first or a second round pick. I, I would lose my cool if that happened. Greenbean, what are your thoughts on the topic? Wait, you lose your cool. What was the exact scenario? I would lose my cool if we drafted an offensive lineman in the first round just to trade Becton after seeing all the promise he had in his first year for like a late first early second rounder it would just burn me up inside yeah well you know what though i i tend to agree with you but i i have to say again like i complained about earlier if sala can't get past his dislike and this is just if mm -hmm. hypothetical if he doesn't like becton doesn't really think he's the guy for the team and they can get a first for him this year, then do it. And just let's clean this already because clearly the beat and everybody, there's just too much crap around this poor guy. And I and I don't mm -hmm. know why. Uh, like Kevin sees, uh, Becton is lazy and fat. Again, Kevin, that's been debunked uh, numerous times. It's just an unfounded report from either Connor Hughes, Rich Simini, or Tony Pauline. Every time that shit's come out, we've seen workout videos or pictures of him that day. He's not overweight, he's not fat, and he's never been known as lazy. He's actually known as a very, very hard worker. Um, so it's just, we're just buying into this shit with the beat. But so I would be upset by it too. I would, because I happen to like him uh, as a player. But I think if that is the scenario, rather than like, you know, watch them kind of dance around, whatever, and uh, Becton mm -hmm. second string and, and all this shit. Then we got Becton second string behind Neil and uh, or Icky and then, you know, fans over. I, I don't rather than all that bullshit and a constant shit storm all year. I would just rather if they could if somebody said, hey, I'll give you a pick 20 for him right now. 26. Mm -hmm. Just fucking take it. If, if that's the way they feel, take it, clean mm -hmm. it and let's move on. Yeah, look, okay, so if they are fed up with him and they think they can get a first, then fine. But I would be so burnt up to take a tackle in the top four. It would just, it would burn me up. It really would. I want Becton to be the guy. I really do. 
And I, I understand fans' concern, but I just I'd, I'd be so upset if we we gave up on him after a year and a half. Even not even a full season of games we got from him. Uh, Travis drops in and says, I had to get Michael Carter jersey last year and Corey Davis. I do like Michael Carter a lot. I like Elijah Moore a lot too. Like I really like last year's draft class, and I would I would get any one of the top four picks jerseys. Uh, and that's not to say I wouldn't get like Michael Carter two or something like that, but I really like I've always loved the running back position. I really like the dynamic between Elijah Moore and Michael Carter. It's it's something fun to watch. And AVT is an offensive lineman. I just I love the offensive line jerseys. Quarterback scares me until they get their second contract. <laughs> that would be my Dude, my thought process. Michael Michael Carter was injured three times last year. I don't know if I'm buying a Run, jersey for dude, that. I love Michael Carter. Love him. Running back's going to happen early this year. It's going to happen second or third round, I think. I wouldn't be surprised. If you have the opportunity, like let's say, like look, clearly they're committing to a specific style of offense. Mm -hmm. Brought in the guard, who's known as a mauler, by the way. Mm -hmm. went out there and you look, they did the senior bowl with all the tight ends. Everybody said, Oh, they love this guy, that guy. They went in free agency and brought in two free agent tight ends anyway, because they didn't want to dance around. They didn't want to play with it for whatever the reason, maybe they don't like the tight end as much as we think, whatever. They went out and got two tight ends in free agency. So they're committing to something. Now they brought back Tevin Coleman. He is what he is. We have Michael Carter. They still got P Ryan and Austin Walter and all that. But, dude, if if they're committing to this 12, 21, 22 personnel package thing, the idea of getting the top running back in the class, if it's Brees Hall, if it's Spiller, whoever you like up there, if it's Kenneth Walker, the idea of getting their number one running back versus maybe the third or fourth linebacker on their board or the fifth or sixth wide receiver on their board, it might make sense to do so. It might. Now, these regimes, whether it's Joe Douglas or the 49ers, they're not known for taking running backs high. They've never done it. And like we saw, Joe Douglas has two straight fourth round running backs. So it would be out of character. But, dude, there's a logic to be said there. You know what I mean? There's, a, there's an argument. Yeah. No, 100%. I think you look for the guys that run a sub 4 four forty. That's kind of the Shanahan MO. Uh, and, dude, I like Brees Hall. I really like James Cook. James Cook is the one I would like. If we can get him in the third, that's that's my guy, I think. Um, let's see. We got Austin Berry. Austin Berry drops in and says, Sending love, my guys. Do me a solid before Friday. Check out Cam Jurgens, center out of Nebraska. He's so raw, but came to UNL as a tight end. He's a freak and nasty. Uh, when you say a guy named Jurgens is raw, it makes me chuckle. <laughs> so, sorry, Jurgens the hand lotion. <laughs> oh, is okay. I didn't even find it. I was looking. I, I was like, sorry. I'm, I'm well pervert. done. Well done. Um, you know anything about Jurgens like, at all? Not the lotion. Yeah, I know they. Yeah, I like. I like Jurgens. I like Jurgens. I, I tell you, this is a funny thing. They his nickname in college was Beef Jurgens. <laughs> I did not know <laughs> Beef that. Jergy. Beef Jurgy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, Mitt Flair drops in and says, what grade do you real realistically think you would give Joe Douglas by the end of this draft? I guess by the end of this, we can see if he did better or worse. Uh, I'm going to give him an A plus right now because he's got so many picks and so many options. 
at his disposal, I think it will be an A. I think the Jets are absolutely going to win this draft. Green Bean, totally preemptively. Uh, what grade do you think Joe Douglas is getting this year? A. Love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> don't don't need any more Ooh. from that. Montez drops in says, I don't know why we don't distinguish outside linebacker from D-end anymore. I want to upgrade from Quincy Williams to Mafe, Jackson, Bonito, Ebiketti, uh in the second. Also need inside linebacker badly. I get the feeling they like Quincy Williams. And I think at the very least, if you can try to hold on to him and give him a shot to to be your at least one of your guys, um, you know, maybe there's a situation where you, you kind of ink Quinn in a little bit earlier. And even if Quincy is just a role player, you know, maybe he's not your starter, but he's like a, you know, yeah. a rotational guy. I'd be fine with that. I he, The dude hits he, like he, a friggin' brick shit. He'd house. be a great role player. Think about him on every special teams and then maybe 15 defensive snaps a game. He would be thunderous. Which when you have him out there getting exposed in coverage all day, you, that's the guy you want in very specific packages, running like a missile. Uh, I think he's a great asset on the team. He, I don't think he's a starter. Now, I could be wrong. We've only seen him one year. But boy, oh boy, did he get exposed in pass coverage, man. It was ugly. Now, he showed enough for what he does do well. He does it very well. You know, but I don't know. I'd, I'd like an upgrade. I'd like to know for fuck's sake already. Can we get some good linebackers on this team? What is this? Jordan Jenkins. You know, I'm sick of it. I want studs. I want guys enforcers, Ryan. I want enforcers. Make That's people pay. Why, that is why I want Nicobe Dean. I think he is a violent, violent hitter. Lloyd would be the yes. same kind of player for me. There's a lot of linebackers I like in this draft, and I do think it's a second-round need for the New York Jets. Is that kind of where you're thinking with why, with uh, with linebacker? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I think I, I prefer Devin Lloyd, but I also like Leo Chanel. Like, I love him, dude. And, yes, he's got something. He's got stuff to work on, too. Like, you know, they're going to have to do some stuff with him. But what he does well in, like, two-thirds of the game, he is amazing at it. And the, the thing is, when you look at guys that need to fix a piece of their game, one aspect of the game, what's the, what's the first thing you look for? Their work ethic. He's through the roof. So he's the exact guy that you want to bring in and say, okay, we got to work on this one thing with you. Once he gets it, which is not going to take long, he's going to be one of the best linebackers in the NFL. So I would love to bring him in in the second, if he makes it that long. I would, oh my God, that's the guy, a 260 pound guy that can keep up with all the tight ends, all the running backs and rip their heads off. He does not miss tackles, man. Once he's there, you're done. And that's what I like. And they go backwards. They're supposed to go backwards. Just go and watch little clips of our defense in 2000, you know, 1998, 99, 2000, like when, with Parcells, with Marvin Jones, Mo Lewis, and Brian Cox. Watch how they play every single down. When there's a dude, they run in full speed. It doesn't matter who's in their way. They crush the, the pile. That's what you need. We haven't seen that in far too long, man. Far too long. We need studs bart scott was that way too for two years he was another one he he would take on the guard without a second thought the guards pulling kill him and then so the next guy can make the tackle that's what you do marvin jones did that mo lewis did that brian cox did that and we haven't seen that man in in 10 years 11 years i'm sick of it i don't want quincy fucking williams man 
I want a stud. I want Leo Chanel. I want Devin Lloyd, Nicole. I want somebody who's a premium linebacker. It changes the whole defense. You know what I mean? Dude, hey, Ryan, I, before we go, but, but just yeah. remind, let me run. Before we go, I want to play you something. So if, if you let me share the screen, just before we go, I want to play you something I made today about linebackers, no less. Short Ooh, 50 seconds. We definitely will. We got a few more super chats to get through. So we got a, a yeah, yeah, little totally. bit here. You, you, you got a little bit more time here? I'm good. I just wanted to say that before we mm. got into the other thing and, and then we ended up going. I just want to play it for you guys before I we go. I love it. I love it. I got Nightbot picking some uh, some qualifiers for us because I have forgot to actually do that at the beginning. Not the beginning, but throughout. Uh, so right now, uh, I got Jake, Eddie McGuire, Rob V, John Negron, uh, Socrates Johnson, uh, Mute, Me, Wise Man, Edward Stewart, Champ to God, Mutt Viles, Hot Sauce Pod uh, are the qualifiers right now. I'm going to get through some more. Uh, Knob Craft drops in, says, I may be biased because I've been cooking, I've been cooking for him, but Alex Wright from UAB would be a great late round developmental pick for a hybrid D end outside linebacker. So I get the feeling we're going defense earlier in this draft and then kind of doing a scattershot on offense for depth, almost the opposite of what we got last year. So I'll be honest, I don't know Alex Wright. I wish I could really, you know, provide uh, a little more intelligent insight into him. Let me pull up his his draft profile real quick. Alex I'm so Wright. fucking hot, Ryan. I'm cooking <laughs> over here. I don't know what it is. That's all right. The AC back on. I dude, I had a sweatshirt, my hat. Everybody's making fun of me. They're like, "Dude, you all right?" Uh, <laughs> so let's cooking? see. Alex Wright draft profile: six foot seven, two hundred and seventy pound defensive end at a UAB. One should never deal with absolutes, absolutes, but when speaking about prospects, but often. When watching highly regarded small school prospects with weaker schedules, you want to see these prospects dominate or at least stand out from their counterparts. And when those prospects do have tougher tests, you have to see if they belong. Wright was never overwhelmed by the competition at UAB, but even in games against BYU Georgia, teams with more offensive line talent, Wright proved he belonged. And while he doesn't have double-digit sacks or tackles for loss, Wright was consistently disruptive against weaker opponents. More importantly, he has traits that can be molded at the next level. So while I haven't watched any tape on him at all, um, I would say this sounds like a player that you would absolutely want to take a swing on a little bit later in this draft. Greenbean, any thoughts on Alex Wright or, or anything that I just yeah. sort of rattled off right here? Yeah. Well, I actually, somebody, I forget who it was, but they were talking about Alex Wright a couple weeks ago and I looked into him. I like Alex Wright. He would be a fantastic double up like later in the draft at the edge position. I think he would be fantastic. Like he's going to need some work. He's, he's rough around the edges and he's going to have that NFL adjustment period. Um, but yeah, I think he's a fantastic player. Like you just read too. I heard the beginning of that. Um, when you look at a, a, um, a player from a smaller school, how do they look compared to that talent, right? Like, are they dominating? Like, that's number one. If they're dominating, then you got something to look at. If they're not, if they're just good and they're playing lower talent, then they're, they're you know, they're going to have a long road ahead of them. Alex Wright was very, very good. And, uh, yeah, I think he's an interesting prospect. 
So I just saw an interesting comment. Uh, Keith Knowles <laughs> goes, LOL, I got pulled over for listening to your podcast. You must have had the YouTube one on and like had it on your dash and they're watching like, this guy's yeah. watching TV while he's going. I hope yeah, you didn't get a they, ticket, brother. I doubt they pulled you over for listening to Maybe while listening to the podcast. He, watching the <laughs> podcast makes a watching, lot more sense. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well... We appreciate it, none, nonetheless. If you guys do want to catch this, we do actually upload this in podcast form. So all your favorite podcast platforms, you can listen to this the following day uh, if you don't want to kill your uh, your phone battery. So there, that is an option for you guys uh, as well. Jackson right. Gardner drops in, says, five seconds to choose, Debo for 10, yes or no. It's a yes for me, especially if we're going to go wide receiver at 10. Anyway, Green Bean, your thoughts, Debo for 10, yes or no. Yeah, I would do it. Again, I would I would definitely try to get a fourth, a fifth too. Because again, look, you look at guys like Tariq Hill, Devontae Adams, much more uh, longevity as far as their production in the NFL. And they both got traded for right around the 13th to 15th pick. So why does Debo garner more? So say, okay, look, I'm thinking we'll give you 10 for Debo and you give me your fourth round pick. Let's do that. I think it's like 120 or something like that. Uh, Jake that says, get, who wants to listen to the audio when we don't get to see the beard or the chat? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> see, that's just <laughs> it. You bring the beauty when you watch the uh, the actual video. And I think it adds a little context to what we're doing, even though we're not really showing a whole heck of a lot. Um, right. Well, yeah, you see, like Some now, guys don't want to don't burn their phone up. Yeah, totally. But like, you know, look, a lot of guys want to see me having a heart attack. You know, the guy is in the car. <laughs> At least now, if you're watching, you can see my fucking red my faces. <laughs> it's hot oh, in here. I just turned the AC on. I feel so good. So like, I'm starting oh. to. I, you could kind of see it. I'm starting to peel a little bit. I had our uh, our baby shower this past weekend, and then we went to a brewery the following day, and I got cooked. <laughs> I was not expecting such nice weather, and it just it it knocked the snot out of me. Uh, Brian. Drops in. Brian says, Jets beat will never change. Reminds me of when Manish would make up a story and everybody else would report on his fake report. Totally. Um, look, I, I'm i not a huge fan of the beat. And there are times that I think Samini and Hughes and those guys kind of, you know, just throw shit at the wall to see if it sticks. Now, I, Hughes less so than Samini. Samini's kind of, kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I take a lot more things seriously from like Rappaport, from Schefter. Um, I like Peter Schrager from NFL Network. I think he's really good. There's a lot of good guys. I don't know what you would consider, you know, just our beat because it's sort of like all spills over into one another. Um, I don't think there's anyone as bad as Manish. I'll put it that way. Manish was like, he. I hated Manish. I really did. Um, and even as far as like DJ goes, DJ, I, I don't mind. Well, Daniel Jones or DJ Bienemy, either one of those guys, I think they're both fine as well. Although I guess Jeremiah isn't really a beat reporter for us, but I think the inside knowledge with him and and um, Douglas is is good enough to be like a a, a faux beat reporter, <laughs> almost. Greenbean, your thoughts on uh, on the beat? Look, man, I, I, I try to be as as peaceful as I can, right? Like, I really do. I'm as objective as I've ever been in my whole life. I always try to consider all sides to the story. Our beat 
in large part, I would say nine out of 10 things that our beat puts out are meant to aggravate us. And that's why it's so, that's why it's aggravating because we end up arguing with each other over shit that's not real. Like I want to remind everybody, and I told you guys the day it happened, the AJ Brown stuff. That was because Rich Cimini said, keep an eye on A.J. Brown because he's friends with Elijah Moore. I mean, yes, with Elijah Moore. That was it. We got so inflamed that we attacked his Twitter that the damn Titans had to put out an official statement. All because Cimini sent us there to do that. He did that on purpose. So, like, I think that they're mainly full of shit. They almost never get anything right. And they never break a story. Look, we just signed Vinnie Curry last week. If any, that's not even an important signing by the, you know, in comparison to a lot of other stuff that's going on. It's just Vinnie Curry. You're going to tell me that nobody on our beat could give us that information before it happened? Nobody. They're trying to tell us that they know Joe Douglas is thinking for pick four. And they didn't even know that Joe Douglas was talking to Vinnie Curry. Give me a break. So why would I buy into anything? They don't break anything for us. So my thoughts on the beat are that they are ill-equipped, inadequate, and unprofessional, and also not all that talented. I don't think they'd have a job in any other market or any other facet of writing journalism. There you go. I <laughs> I saw, uh, what did I see in the chat? I just saw something that I wanted to make a note of. Can I find it again? I lost it. I lost it. I don't know where it was. Um, all right. Chris Bradigan. Chris Bradigan celebrates 14 months of channel membership. For every month that you're a member of the Jets Talk 24-7 family, uh, you get a free super chat. So this is his. What is your sexy pick at 69? Ooh, I see what you did there. Uh, this is going to be my third year watching the stream draft with you guys. You guys are the best. Go Jets. Thank you, Chris. It really means a lot. We have a ton of fun doing this draft. And like literally each year, because we, we take a little bit of a hiatus over the course of the summer, and then we wind up you know, coming back at the end of July to, to start doing all the talking jet stuff. And like literally at that point is when we're like, yo, I can't wait for the draft. <laughs> like I know it's like so early and you want to get excited for the season but like we legitimately have so much fun and it's because the chat and all you guys have so much fun with us and just seeing the reactions and the the fan energy it's it's something really special so i know green bean you, you probably feel the same way here oh yeah um, it's it's like, you know, you know what's you know ryan listen to this it's funny if, yeah. i don't know if I, I feel like i might even said this stop me if i already said it but yeah, yeah. with the the first time that we did the draft stream together I mm -hmm. did round one with us, and then that was my last night in my house. Oh, that's the next right. day, the next day, I moved out from my thirty-four hundred square mm -hmm. foot house into a two hundred foot camper. Right, mm -hmm. so I was like checking in with you guys the second that's and third right. day. We we had right? a still frame of you in the jersey, or no, the coat that you were giving away. The coat, <laughs> remember? And people yeah. kept saying, "Why isn't Green Bean talking?" They didn't yeah, even why know. Why is he they moving? <laughs> <laughs> they thought I was here standing there like this for an hour. I love it. Dude, I mean, it was, it, no, you had, it was the pose. You had the, it was something like, we oh, have was to go the back pose to the one? It, you had a pose one that we put up on the yeah. screen. It was great. That's and we funny. had it frozen there for at least day two, but I think it was day two and three we had it up. Yeah. So this year, 
it just so happens that I might be, I might have found a house. Mm-hmm. And so we have to move out of the RV. We have to put some stuff in another house. And then it, it, mm-hmm. it just so happens that we were talking about starting, guess when? This weekend. So two years later, the draft again, I'm moving back into a house. It's like, it's crazy. I had to say, no, I like, I can't do it this weekend. I cannot. <laughs> I almost killed myself that weekend dry, trying to do the draft and moving mm-hmm. out of a house. So it's just crazy how it's worked out. I can't even believe I couldn't have planned it this way. But yeah, so uh, I had to, from with my acquired knowledge of last time, I had to say, no, can't do it this time, man. We'll do it next weekend. Oh, dude, normally I'm working like every Saturday. That's like, that's kind of my weekend day for uh, for the golf course. And I just tell them like, it's draft weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever happens, I'm... <laughs> I'm fully invested in the draft. Like, I don't care. Like, sorry, guys. Like, everyone else can run the show. I'm I'm, I'm paying attention to the draft. I'm here with you guys. And I just absolutely love it. So, anyway, what is your sexy pick at number 69? Mine, hands down, James Cook. That's the one I want. Well, that's funny that you say that because I'm thinking that our sexy pick is going to be running back into third. So, it won't be all the way to the second but it'll still be earlier than we're used to seeing for these guys. And I think it's going to be Isaiah Spiller. That's what I think I like it's going to be. I do like him too. That would be yeah. phenomenal. That would be so uh, fun. Johnny P. Johnny P drops in. Says, two days. I have this deep fear that Woody is now driving the Debo thing. And we're going to make a stupid trade and force JD to do it at all costs. I saw a tweet or something along the lines that like Woody Johnson's going to have more of a hand in this year's draft. And it, it frightens me because he's doing such a great job of sitting back and letting the football guys do the football stuff. And as much as people want to give the Johnson shit for a lot of things, the Johnsons have tried to do the right thing. They've tried to bring in the football guys. They've tried to shell out the big money and do the big trades to get the guys that our GMs and our coaches have wanted. So like for me, I'm hoping they don't force something, but I do think Debo is the right move and giving up number 10 is totally fine with me to do it. I don't want to see like like something we talked about earlier, that crazy out of nowhere trade of like, hey, we're giving up 10, 35, and Elijah yeah. Moore. I, I would be so upset. I Like I really like Elijah Moore and I would not give up those two high picks plus a guy we took so highly that just has such a high upside. Yeah, I, I got to say, if that happened, if we traded 10, 35, and Elijah Moore for Debo Samuel, I would instantaneously lose faith mm-hmm. in Joe Douglas. Now, maybe not all the way. I'd have to see how it applies. But, dude, I would, I mean, instantaneously, a lot of my confidence in him and our organization would slide right out the door. I'd be like, whoa, dude, that was your second round pick last year. You traded Mm -hmm. Jamal for all these picks. And so that would be the Jamal Adams pick, the Sam Mm -hmm. Darnold pick, and our second round pick last year for fucking Mm -hmm. one guy. No, it better be Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Like that's, I don't know. I'd be, I'd be so irritated. I really think I would give up 10, no questions asked. If you wanted to give up 35 and 38 and you kept 10, 
that's fine. Any combination of 10 plus a second plus a really good player, I'd be I'd be livid. I'd be so mad if that happened. Uh, pump, let me pump, say this. Pump? I don't yeah, think – I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ryan. I don't no. think Woody is, in, is involved in the football anymore. I really don't. Mm-hmm. The reason that he was is because he could be. We had a bunch of weak-minded guys mm-hmm. with no reputations uh, in their fur. Like, it's just Joe Douglas is a very well-respected guy. He also brought in Phil Savage and Rex Hogan. These guys mm-hmm. are legit. You know what I mean? Chad Alexander. Like, these guys have been around. They're well-respected in the NFL circles. I don't think Woody's tinkering anymore. It's like with Chris Johnson. Like that's why they made Joe Douglas finally the sole GM. Don't forget, mm-hmm. there's only the second year of this. Is the second draft of that. So they were in the mix until 2021. That's mm-hmm. when it stopped. But I think that I honestly believe, of course, Woody's in. You know, he's in the room and everything. But I don't think they're pushing Joe Douglas around anymore. I really don't. Joe Douglas has given the the keys, the money, and it's his team. And that's exactly how it needs to be. Right. Pump, up, pump up the champ. Drops in with the Super Chat. Says, if we get KT at four and both Sauce and Hamilton fall to 10, would you pass on them for a wide receiver still? Personally, this wide receiver class is nothing worth the 10 spot. Uh, I would not. I would, I would take Sauce all day in that situation. If they took Hamilton, I would understand because he plays all three levels of the, of the defense. But I think Sauce might be the best player in this draft. I think he's a top two or three player. Uh, so I would not uh, draft a wide receiver if those two wound up falling. I would be more inclined to trade back into the first for a receiver at the tail end, mid-20s, late-20s, something along those lines. Greenbean, yeah. your thoughts if we get KT at four and Sauce and Hamilton are there at 10, would you pass on them for a wide receiver? No, I wouldn't pass on them, but I would definitely, without question, take Kyle Hamilton over Sauce Gardner. Mm-hmm. But I, but if let me tell you, even if Sauce is there at ten, if Sauce Gardner is sitting there at ten, I might have to take him. He's too good, or I'm trying to trade or something because somebody else mm-hmm. wants him. I might even make it an inexpensive trade. Just you know, slide down a spot, a couple spots. Give me your third, something yeah, like yeah. that. But uh, yeah, I'm taking Kyle Hamilton. He does more for my defense right now. Mm-hmm. Than Sauce Gardner, in my opinion, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think, I think if either one of them are there, I think one of them's going to be, they're going to be a Jet. Yeah, I think for me, I like enough of the second round safeties where I'm fine going Sauce. Like I, I really do think Sauce is just so far above all the other corners in this class. Um, but like you said, Hamilton in a vacuum, if you're going Hamilton and Sauce, Hamilton would probably provide more of that oomph to the defense. Uh, Jose drops in, says Greenbean, when the front seven zucks, the whole defense suffers. So when the front four sucks, the whole defense suffers. Yeah, you, look, we've, we've heard this multiple times. The best way to neutralize a lot of weapons is by getting after the quarterback so he doesn't have as much time to throw the ball. So edge rusher, that's where we're going. I'd be very surprised if one of the top two picks was not edge rusher. Uh, RJ McPott. Drops in, says, Fool got pulled over by Joe Blewett. We're talking about the guy that was watching our stream uh, that got pulled over for watching the stream. If Joe Blewett pulled him over and saw us, there's no way he's getting a ticket. <laughs> there's no way that that would happen. I love it. We love me some Joe Blewett. I do, Greepy, I don't know if I told you this, but I was talking to Joe the other day about growing plants, and he grow, he has a Venus flytrap. And I was like, I never oh. thought 
about getting a Venus flytrap. I'm like a little kid. I'm thinking Venus flytraps are these rare plants that you can't get anywhere else. I was like, where did yeah, you get everywhere. it? Dude, I ordered them online. I got one sitting on my windowsill downstairs. Love it. <laughs> the coolest thing. I was like, this is a little dinosaur in a plant form. Yeah, it is. It's like when we were kids, they were like these mythical creatures. I used to think Venus flytraps were like this big. Oh, they little dude. tiny guys. Yeah, dude. I thought like Venus flytraps, stop, drop, and roll, and like quicksand were like the three things I thought I was going to have to worry about as an adult <laughs> growing up. I haven't come across any of them until I got the the, the little Venus flytrap uh, this year. So I, I love it. Um, Kevin. Drops in, says Jelani Woods, Virginia, tight end, might be the sexy pick at 69. His RAS score was a 9.97. I know Greenbean likes his Virginia players, especially some tight ends. Your thoughts on Jelani Woods? Love Jelani Woods. And look, I'm going to tell you something. A couple things. One is I was here. Like, I'm I'm right in Charlottesville. Like, I'm just outside of the city proper. I'm only a few minutes away. I picked up my wife who works in the city just a couple hours ago. But if I knew that Ron Middleton was there working out Jelani Woods for Pro Day, I would have 100% been there and been talking with Ron Middleton. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I missed it. But I'm going to tell you something. Now, the fact that Ron Middleton was the guy sent to to work out Jelani Woods, who put up an mm-hmm. even 10 RAS score, is that's an indicator for me. It says something. Now and uh, and uh, Middleton was working him, man. He was in, he was working him out, and uh, not only does he have a ten RAS score, he happens to be six foot seven, two hundred and fifty and change, and uh, he's got all the tools. He's the exact tight end you would want to bring in that you don't need anything from your his rookie year, like just like Yaboa last year. You know, you bump him up a little bit. You got Conklin, you got Uzoma. You bump up Yaboa to three, let him play specials, and you just develop Jelani Woods all year. That's the guy that in a couple years, man, holy shit. If you do it right, he can be something extra special without question. It's one of those things we've kind of talked about, right? Where you don't want to have to play your rookies. Like ideally you have built up a foundation where these guys can learn and earn their spots. Like we we've run into a situation the last, you know, 10 years where we're drafting guys and they have to play. And it just sucks to see that happen. It like it, it's it's definitely irritating because we just haven't had guys hit their second contracts because we haven't drafted anyone worth a damn. So right. definitely frustrating. That's where uh, we got to get. You're so right, Ryan. That's a very well said. David drops in, says it's crazy. We have no idea who goes where this year. This more than any draft that I can remember recently is exactly that. Like, I I don't know who the first pick's going to be. I don't know who the second pick's going to be. I don't know who the third pick's going to be. I don't even know who the Jets are taking at four. And I felt the last two years, like, we knew it was Zach Wilson, and we knew we liked Elijah Vera Tucker. Now, we didn't think we were going to trade up to go get him, but I, I think we all liked him at that point. The year before, we were screaming for Denzel Mims when we were on the clock for him. And we thought left tackle was the pick in 2020. This year... I have no idea where it goes. Greenbeat, any thoughts? Like, is this the draft that you would say is probably one of the more perplexing for you? Yeah. Um, You know what's funny? Because I think I know. I do have a – I think I know exactly how it's going to go. I really do. Mm -hmm. I've paid attention, and I don't listen to 
certain people. And when you mm -hmm. keep that, your head clean, I think I know. But that all said, I'm not all that confident in what I think I know. You know what I mean? Because of what yeah. you're saying. This is a confusing draft. Uh, and it's uh, it's because we don't exact. We have enough needs and don't need a quarterback that we literally could do a, a, a couple different things. But the other thing is, too, our needs don't necessarily coincide all the way with what's at the top of the draft. And we're, there's a lot of confusing factors here. Um, so yeah, I think it, this is a, this is a good one. This is going to be exciting because we don't know. And jet nation is all over the place, Ryan. There are mm -hmm. guys that are thinking sauce Gardner. There are guys thinking icky. There are guys thinking Thibodeau. Other guys want Walker. Nobody mm -hmm. likes Karloftis. We're going to end up taking Karloftis. People don't think Detroit's taking a quarterback. Bop it up. It's good. It's like, we're all over the place and that makes it more fun i think yeah for sure and that's just it like i you and i have talked about we think that the offensive lineman seems to make a little bit more sense at one we've talked about willis at two because detroit coached him at the senior bowl and it you know if they wait till 32 to get their quarterback teams are gonna know it they're gonna jump in front of them to get a quarterback so i don't think that's realistic i think if they pass on the quarterback at two they're gonna wait till next year and then at three, the Texans are definitely the first real wild card for me. Like, I think, I do think Dan Campbell's chomping at the bit to get some Aiden Hutchinson. I, that That's sort of the pick I, I see them taking at two. Um, but, dude, I, it could go so many different ways. Uh, John yeah, drops I, in. Oh, go. Go for it. No, no. I think I totally see that. But I think at the end of the day, they're going to see the opportunity to groom their quarterback for a year while Jared Goff mm -hmm. is still on the, on the roster. So they can, they, they can bring him in slow and they're going to take him. They know if they don't, if they want Malik Willis, he's not going to be there at 32. So, and then they're going to have to trade up and everything. They're going to just take him. They're going to get their quarterback with the hopes that they won't be up that high again. And they're going to take him. That's what I think. I think we're going to see Garrett Wilson. I'm sorry. Um, 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 Malik, Malik Willis. Willis at two. That's what I think. Well, I think it makes a ton of sense, too, because I, I do think even with, you know, the quarterback or whatever they do the rest of this draft, I think they're definitely going to be a bad team next year, and they might have a high pick. And if they like what happens with Malik Willis, he becomes a trade ship next year, whether you are high enough to get a, a different quarterback or you trade out of that pick and you get even more picks, and that's how you really start rebuilding that franchise. Um, so it just it, it feels like that would be the right move. I do like him sitting for a year behind Goff and just building up the team around him because if he is your guy, now you have two first-round picks to help him. And I think that makes a ton, yeah. a ton of sense. It's a, it's a really nice situation if you look at it through the right lens, man. Uh, John drops in, says, I got to tell my girlfriend that I can't go dancing Friday night because of the draft. I bleed jet green, but don't want to piss her off. Sauce number four pick for us. Dude, I like if there's one player I really want to find a way to get, it's Sauce Gardner. And if I could come away with Sauce at four, Jermaine Johnson at 10, and then I trade both second round picks for Debo, that might be my like dream scenario. But if you can get Debo for 10 and you take Johnson at four or whatever your edge rusher is at four, I think that you really there's so many ways that I would not be upset that the Jets could go this year. And there's not many players that could have, like, for me, I think taking Hamilton at four would be the one player that would really get me upset. And I think it would upset a lot of Jet fans at four. Um, Ten, I think, is a slightly different story. Um, yeah, dude, dude, you got you to gotta bail on the dancing. 
Yeah, there's always dancing yeah. next week. That's right. The draft only happens once a year. That's right, man. You tell you know now. Listen, this is going to be good for the rest of your life too. You'll know if this is the right girl if she puts <laughs> her foot down here. You know what I mean? If she uh-huh. puts her foot down and says, "No, this is the night I want to go dancing," you say, "Here's your perfume and your toothbrush. It's time to go." Because <laughs> that's just time to that's go. just a window into the future, man. Dude, I had a career. So we we had a friend. It was the year the Jets, or sorry, it was the year the Super Bowl was at MetLife. This guy worked for a company that was sending him to the MetLife Super Bowl, and his girlfriend didn't want him to go, so he didn't. I was like, I need to take your man card right now because you're telling me you have the opportunity to go to Super Bowl and you have the opportunity to go to the one in MetLife? Get the hell out of here. Look, it was a terrible Super Bowl, so I, I, I totally understand that. But no way. That, if Becca told me, no, you're not going to Super Bowl, I, like, I don't know what it would take to prevent me from going to a Jets Super Bowl or something like that if I had like right. a ticket or something along those lines. Like, it would... Like I, I hope I could plan the birth of a child <laughs> around not football season. Like that's how much I would be dialed in. Like, oh man, I, I don't know what would have to happen. Yeah, that's a tough one. You know, I mean, I mean, look, if you don't have the money and stuff like that, there's that that's kind of diff- stuff. That's but, entirely different. But if you, you know, were you given li- the opportunity and it was like, yeah. hey, you, you're able. To, like this was free. He was going for work. I was like, dude. She's the wrong one. Yeah, hell yeah. Can't, can't I'm there, do that. dude. I'm there. We're going to figure it out. By that time, by the time the Jets are going to the Super Bowl, we got to figure it out. We got to be We got to be there, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> we'll do a Talking Jets panel live from the parking lot. That's right. Uh, Iowan Jets fan. Love it. Celebrates 12 months of membership. Says, if wide receiver at 10, Williams is the only one worthy, in my opinion. I, look, I agree. I, I, I would say Garrett Wilson is... I wouldn't hate it because I do see shades of Deba or uh, shades of Odell Beckham there, and I would definitely be happy with that. But Jamison Williams, if we're taking a receiver at ten, feels like the guy that I would want at ten. But I, again, if the pick is receiver at ten, I'm giving ten for Debo. If they'll take it, if they won't take it, you know, oh well. Yeah. Uh, Jake drops in. Jake says. Greenbean, you put any stock into the stories about Sauce's character. We can have him play safety if you prefer. Not saying four. He's locker room gold, though. Well, that's that's kind of been yeah. my thing, especially since the Combine when we got to see a few more interviews about him and I learned a little bit more about him. I think four is such a statement pick, and that's why I've been kind of saying no to Kayvon Thibodeau, and it's you're sending a signal to the rest of your team. Hey, this is the type of player that exactly. we deem worthy of this pick. And we want to model the rest of our franchise after. And, and to me, Thibodeau isn't that sauce is, but the position thing is the issue for me. Cause I do think edge rusher is far more important. Just like I thought CD lamb was the better player to take at 11, but Makai Becton played the more important position that year. And I think it was the right pick. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, look, I, I don't, I'm not buying into any problems with sauce, man. Like if you're hearing shit like that now, it's well, I think all he's saying it's a, I think he's saying it's a good, or oh, are you saying, good? Yeah, he's saying, saying sauce is good. Yeah. He, he's saying he's locker room gold. Okay. 
A locker room gold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then I, yeah, I agree with you, man. When you make a state, like when you bring in guys that are the right types of guys and like take to football like a nasty Tasmanian devil, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it sends messages through your – like when you bring in Jamal Adams mm-hmm. and he's a loud mouth talking about his, his business and his Instagram and all that shit, that permeates through – and we saw that, man. Like mm-hmm. there at one time our leaders were Jamal Adams, Tremaine Johnson, Daryl Roberts. Like that was our defense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like that's why the deed, that's why the team was like that. Remember, they're all dancing around and shit in the middle of the field. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Everybody thought it was cute. I was like, mm, okay, we're getting beat. By the way, you know. Yep. Uh, Denzel Mims matters. Thank you for the super chat. Says number ten, Mims and Ashton Davis for Debo, and the and a twenty twenty three sixth round pick. Um, I would give up 10 Mims and Ashton Davis because I'm I'm fine with taking a safety in the second round. That would replace Ashton Davis. I like Whitehead. I like LaMarcus Joyner. And if you add in a safety in the second round, I'm cool with that. Mims, if he has to be the throw-in to get Debo Samuel, I'm, I'm not even questioning it at all because realistically you're using both tight ends, Michael Carter, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Braxton Barrios, and Debo Samuel. That's seven guys before Mims starts touching the ball. So I, I'm fine with Mims being a throw-in uh, in any trade for a wide receiver. As much as I have hope for him, and I hope he you know, stays on the team and does well, I just, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there on that one. What about you? Denzel Gabe? Mims matters sends us a Denzel <laughs> Mims trade package. I, I, I wish like I it. had actually paid attention to that because it totally <laughs> escaped me. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, you can't catch everything, Ryan. There's a lot going on around here. Um <laughs> But dude, come on, Denzel Mims matters. You're 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 self-contradicting, my man. Can't do it that way. I don't know how to handle it. <laughs> uh, Mike drops in. He says, "I'm a season ticket holder, and I'm going to the draft party Thursday. Are you guys going?" Mike, where have you been, dude? We're we live. are doing our live stream. <laughs> we're doing our own <laughs> Jets draft party here on the channel. For all three days of the draft. Now, I have been to the Jets-Giants draft party at MetLife, and I think it's a lot of fun, especially now that the Jets and Giants both have two top 10 picks. I think it's going to have, I think you're going to have a ton of fun there. The only thing I will say about it is they turn off, like the draft party ends after the picks. So once the Jets make their pick at 10, it's over. Like they're not, they're not keeping that party going, even though I think there's a realistic shot the Jets are trading back into the tail end of the first. You're going to miss that if that happens, unless you're hanging out with us here. Um, but no, I think you're going to have a lot of fun. It really is a blast. Uh, and you get there. Usually there's guys signing autographs. I don't know if they're doing that with like COVID and stuff and all that good jazz. Now, the last few years they had, well, not the last two, but the years prior to that, they had, um, I think it was the motocross going on so you couldn't even go on the field and there was like these huge dirt jumps and you could like when you got to go on the field that was a lot of fun um because they had you the, did the blow-ups thing. and stuff you did that so you did the draft party and there was a motocross like they, they corralled you in one little part you mean no 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 you you, you sat in the stadium seating um, oh this... because before that so the first year the year we drafted darnold i went to the draft party and it was a blast because we got to go down on the field, we got to see the U.S. Open trophy, we got to see 
um, you know, all the Jets and Giants fans, and Baker went one, and Jet fans are hoping, oh man, Darnold, hopefully he falls to three. And then when, when Barkley was taken at three, Jet fans erupted because they knew we were getting Darnold, and Giant fans were happy because they got Barkley. So it was like this whole crazy energy about it. So it is a lot of fun. Um, I just wish we could have seen more picks. Like, I would have sat there for the whole draft if I could have. Yeah. That sounds cool. I'd like to do something like that. Anybody going, I'm sure you're going to have a blast. You know, there's also the party in Brooklyn Mm -hmm. uh, with Sack Exchange and the Jets Lounge guys. They're all going to be there. Uh, We're going to do it like a, weren't we going to do like a live check-in with them at the party? See after the pick, see how they're doing, see how they think. Absolutely. Yeah. Sack's going to be on our, our draft stream, you know, day two or three at some point. Cool. Um, I mean, we, we can yeah, check in awesome. with them day of the draft. He actually invited us down to host the draft party, and it would have been a blast. There's just yeah. a lot of technological issues on our end and, like, showing things. Plus, it's it's just a real big day for us on the channel, so it's it's tough to commit to that. Uh, but they're going to yeah. have a blast, too. There's a lot of good draft parties happening. I just had lunch with Zach in, when I was in Staten Island last week. Oh, no way. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, just hung out at Mike's Diner, man. Famous place. He's a great guy. If you guys are on Twitter and you haven't hopped into one of the the Jets lounges, Sack and those guys do a great job with it. There, you know, Tony Richardson hops in there. Um, Yeah, man. I've I've talked to Tony. Woody's in there a lot. Doosables in there. You see some of the beat reporters hop in those. It's a lot of fun. I usually, anytime I get a notification for a Jet lounge, I usually pop in just to see who's in there, and then if it's someone I I really want to like you know, ask some questions, then I'll start like, you know, raising my hand and, and getting in there. Uh, yeah. but they're a lot of fun. They're de- it's definitely worth your time to, to check oh, it out. Totally. Yeah. It's great in there. And sack is just the best dude. Like he's legit, man. You know, it's mm-hmm. funny, like two years ago when he started giving shit away and all that, mm-hmm. I got numerous emails from people, numerous, mm-hmm. like I'm at least five mm-hmm. from people asking me, why am I like some variation of like, why are you dealing with that guy? Clearly something's wrong here. Like he's stealing this shit or something. And I was like, dude, you got him wrong. I mean, I don't know exactly the deal with, but it's like, dude, I said, dude, I've been, I talked to this guy. Like he, you got it all wrong, bro. And look, he's still out there. Like he's just slowly, but surely developing his relationships out there. Now he's hanging out with jets players and he's a good dude, man. He's legitimately a good dude. He really is. We got to meet him uh, for opening day this past year. And, and yeah. dude, seriously, if you want to support a really good Jets fan in general, it's Sack is there's there's no better guy. He really he's a good dude. Right. He's BKLYN929 on Twitter. Brooklyn929 on Twitter. You'll see him. He's awesome. You'll love him. Kevin drops in with another super chat, said sauce would reset New York Jets quarterback uh, cornerback lineup cornerback one day one starter uh the nice thing is you don't necessarily have to force him to be the number one starter day one uh now i do think he would inevitably take over that role but dj reed is really good and you can have him be your number one and have sauce have the ability to ball hawk and go after you know quarterbacks blitzing off the edge like you you can use him a little bit more like a swiss army knife if he doesn't have to be the number one corner and i think he will develop into it but uh Kev, I, I, I don't hate what you're saying there. I really don't. Um, Jake celebrates two months of membership. I appreciate that, Jake. 
For every month you're a member of the channel, you get a free super chat. And Jake drops his in here. He says, I got my free comment. One day, 21 hours, 24 minutes until the NFL draft. I can't wait. I'm going to lose my cool. <laughs> I'm going to lose my cool. Uh, Travis hops in. Travis says, I work during the draft. I work at a Hooters. So it'll be on the TVs. But as soon as I'm off, I'm watching you guys. One, I love that you can watch the draft. Two, Hooters. And three, thank you for watching us. <laughs> it's, it's all, those are three things that all work out fantastic. So there's a lot worse places you could be working when the NFL draft is on TV. Um, Denzel, Mims Matters, drops in with another super chat. He says, number 10, Denzel Mims, Ashton Davis for Debo and a 2023 sixth. Yeah, we just talked about that, Denzel Mims Matters. So uh, I'm going to, he just said the same exact super chat he just sent before, I think. Maybe you're double clicking on him. No, nope, it's definitely different because the last one had a parentheses around 23, which confused oh. me. But I figured it out that it was a 2023 six. So Denzel Mims Matters, I think it's funny, like Green said, Oh, no, he changed his name. <laughs> Hold on. Denzel Mims doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, <laughs> you bastard. Oh, man, that's that's so much better. That's now, funny, oh, though. Man. Gotta give that's it to him. Great. That's great. Iowan Jets fan, like, caught it right as I, like, right as it clicked, because I see him in the chat. He goes, he changed his name. That's too funny. <laughs> that's really good. Uh, Kevin drops in with another super chat. He says, Rich Eisen had Sauce call in today. You can hear him. Ooh, I love Rich Eisen. Rich Eisen is probably my favorite Jets fan. I really like him. I think he's a stand-up dude. I love watching his 40s at the at the combine. And I know he likes Sauce Gardner. Like that, like that almost gives me a little bit more like. And, and look, I don't know where he stands as far as like how accurate he is on good players or anything like that. But dude, I, I like Rich Eisen. I care about what he has to say. And I really like sauce. So when he said, when he kind of echoes things that I already like, it's like you're you're preaching to the choir. So yeah, NFL Network. I don't, what did I say? I don't know if I said NFL Network or not. Yeah, I I used to love ESPN's coverage. Like when NFL first started, I thought they were slapdick. But over the years, they've gotten much better. And ESPN has kind of lost it with me. They seem random and. Yeah. You know, it's a shame because they kind of invented the whole thing, really. Yeah, dude, but. it was so much fun watching ESPN as a kid growing up. And, like, you always had the top ten. You always had, like, some really great shows. And they kind of changed it where you started getting more of this, like, Stephen A., um, you know, first take with the Skip Bayless thing going back and forth. And that, that was where I started to kind of get turned off from it. Like, I didn't mind when it was, like, Skip and then a random guy that they'd have on. To debate back and forth. I thought that was all right. Um, I actually, I watched it when it was cold pizza initially. Uh, with, I think it was Jake Crawford maybe as the host. There was a mm. lot of really good shows on ESPN. I, I would say I really like NFL Network now. NFL Network has definitely taken over for right. me as far as the premier NFL network, which is, you know, weird to say, ah, oh, Jake. Yeah. What's up, Jake? <laughs> Jake Asman's in the chat. Jake's hanging out with us at some point during the draft. He says, Eisen loves sauce, but then we'll complain about the Jets not having an edge rusher since John Abraham. Well, that's because we're going to take sauce at four and then we're going to take our edge rusher at 10, Jake. Yeah, I know that's what maybe <laughs> it's very realistic, man. I don't think we're taking a cornerback in the whole draft, 
But mm. if it is going to be one, we're going to do it up top, I think. Uh, dude, I, I just want to find a way to get Sauce. It seems like a lot of people... I feel, it seems like Sauce made the rounds today. He was on Eisen. He was on Sims. Uh, and it seems like he was on... Someone else said something. 98.7. Um, is that... Is it 98.7? Is that hot nine? No, no, that's not. That's hot ninety-seven. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Mike drops in with a super chat. Uh, Jake says, "You guys are the best." Jake, you're the best. And he also says, "KT was on NFL Network and was great." Ah, oh, man, dude, KT just—he scares me. That's what it is. He scares me. I know. Me. I, I I think he's he would be a slam dunk in my opinion. Yeah. Look, I, that, I like the talent. I like I like the talent. If they're okay with the personality, they're in the room with the guy, I'll be fine with it. He just gives me the willies. That guy getting mentored by Carl Lawson and Vinnie mm -hmm. Curry and Quinnen, and then you add Salah on top, it's the perfect mm -hmm. situation for him to reach his potential, in my opinion. Perfect. Uh, Mike drops in. Mike says, first time I'm watching, and I already love you guys. I def I'll definitely have you guys on my or in my airpods during the draft party uh do you guys think we're gonna get debo and how many wins can we have this year well bike we're glad to have you it really means a lot that you're hanging out with yeah, us yeah. this is this is a lot of fun like you're joining like right at the like the fun point of the draft i mean we had all the fun during the offseason but the draft party is so much fun it gets wild especially because like we stop looking at the chat right as the jets picks about to happen and we start seeing like the chat start ripping comments like out of the corner of our eye and we're like, we can't look at it. Like, but something's going on right now. And it's, it's a lot of fun. There's like a 20 second, 30 second delay. So you can watch the draft on your end and then click over to us and kind of see what's going on and, and see how we react to it. So it, it's a really good time. Uh, as far as do we think we're going to get Debo and how many wins can we get this year? I think if they'll take 10 for Debo, I think we do it. And I think it's the right move to make because I think you give Zach Wilson an immediate elite weapon um. Yeah, look, I, that's where I would go. <laughs> I would do it, hundred uh, percent. No questions asked. Greenbean, what say you? With first time watching uh, with Mike, Mike Anthony, I think we're gonna get Debo and how many wins? Mm -hmm. Let me tell you this: if we get Debo Samuel, let's just as an example for ten. All right. Our offensive line is back together. Now we know all those guys have played in it for a year. We brought over a guy who's played in it for the last number of years. So our offensive line is good. We got Elijah Moore. You got Debo Samuel, Corey Davis, Braxton Burroughs, the two tight ends. You get a running back. I honestly think if Zach is more comfortable in the offense and it looked like he was at the end of the season, I think we can go undefeated. I Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I'm right there with no, you. I think, look, I'm, I'm looking for a seven-win floor. That's mm -hmm. what I'm looking for. Um, I would love to see nine, ten, you know, mm -hmm. on an exciting year and, and fighting for the, for the wild card. I would love that. And I think it's possible, depending on injuries. I think that's the main obstacle for us. Mm -hmm. uh, even if we just, like, look at the guys that – we lost last year. If they if they were in, like a Carl Lawson, you know, like mm -hmm. a Jamie and Sherwood, like a Lamarcus Joyner, and then obviously the the number of games with Elijah Moore and Michael Carter and Beckton. Like if if those guys all just play second year in the system, I think we're going to win a few more games just on that alone. Yeah, I want to see 
in the hunt in December. I don't necessarily care what the win total is, but I do think seven wins is realistic. And it, it's all going to hinge on how Zach Wilson performs this year because I think the offensive line is fine. I think the weapons are going to be fine. I think the defense is going to be vastly improved, especially with, you know, you got to think this team, not just adding the draft picks and the free agents from this year, but you're adding Carl Lawson. You're adding Vinnie Curry. You're adding LaMarcus Joyner. You're adding Mekhi Becton, like four guys that you didn't get to see play last year. This team could yeah. absolutely be a lot better, especially if Zach makes that next step. Absolutely. Like Frankie from Flatbush says, he says, the golden number is this. If this happens, it's a completely different season. 65% completion percentage from Zach Wilson. Let's not forget he was number one in the NFL for catchable balls being dropped. So in addition to his struggles, he also had the most catchable balls dropped and at least three of those catchable balls that were dropped ended up being interceptions. So mm -hmm. it's like there's a lot that we – look, we had a rough year, and there's a lot of blame to go around and a lot of ugliness around mm -hmm. the whole place. But the truth is is that we missed a lot of opportunity too, man. And mm -hmm. if, if those guys – if we could just mitigate the injuries you know, significantly, if, we, if that mm -hmm. turns a corner and Zach is at 65%, Dude, we are we're gonna have something here, especially if you add a player like Debo Samuel. It's gonna be insanity, I think. It's gonna be we're gonna start seeing for once. Wait a minute, we have something here. To add one extra thing to that great little rant you had going right there, Zach Wilson also had something like five or six receptions end on the one yard line. Like so, when you factor that in, like generally speaking, that doesn't happen. <laughs> Like that is that is a very weird thing to have happen. Like that could be five more passing touchdowns for Zach Wilson. Yeah, really weird. Uh, well, think about it, dude. If he had three less, in like, listen, we're not mm -hmm. it's not making shit up. Like Barrios, it hit him in the in the hands. It popped up and it is interception. Two Corey Davis passes hit him in the hands that ended up being interceptions. So like, just if though if he just has three less interceptions. And those mm -hmm. drops don't happen. How many of those drives continue? How many of them mm -hmm. are touched? Granted, we don't want to hang our hat on that. It's like, you know, he's great. You know, we don't want to do that. But at mm -hmm. the same time, it could have been an entirely different year. And there was mm -hmm. a lot going on. Rookies, injuries, all the stuff, confusion, complex systems. All that stuff is very, very real. But if we just move past that in a nice, systematic way, natural progression, we're going to have something. We're, we're going to be on our way. So Jake dropped in, uh, and he dropped this little nugget. If you guys are not aware of Jake, you should absolutely go subscribe to him. Uh, he works for ESPN Houston, so he's got a pulse on the Texans situation sitting at number three. Big Jet fan as well. Uh, he says, I think they are either going, the Texans, are going cornerback or offensive line, and Stingley is 100% in play. I think seeing Stingley run a 4-3-7 has changed the tune on where people felt he was going to get drafted. Like, for me, I would have taken him off my board before seeing his combine, or not his combine, before seeing his pro day. Now, I still don't love it. Like, I would still take Sauce over Stingley, but if a situation happened where Stingley fell to 10 and the Jets felt cornerback was a big enough need and they liked getting a, a wide receiver a little bit later or something along those lines... I could see it happening. So Stingley was considered one of the top three or four prospects in this class prior yeah. to like the end of this past season. Um, 
And I do agree. I, I agree with Jake. I do think it's a cornerback or an offensive lineman for the Texans. I prefer that to be an offensive lineman because that's not where I want to go. And I would like to have the option of going with someone like Sauce. I think it could go edge rusher, edge rusher, Sauce, and then the Jets trade out at four. Yeah, I don't know. I, I still think if Jacksonville was smart, they would grab an offensive lineman. Um, yeah. They would. They If they're smart, which they're not necessarily. And if it was offensive lineman, Malik Willis and Derek Stingley, dude, I would, I would pull my pants off. And then, <laughs> don't and say run. that you're gonna be on live stream. I'm gonna make you pull your pants off. <laughs> yeah, hey man, I've I'll, done it I'll drop, I'll, I'll drop pants down here. You can't see it. I'll, yeah, I'm significantly. I don't think I have a good enough zoom now. on here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I would be excited. That's just my way of saying I'd be happy. And then watch Joe Douglas fucking take. Sauce Gardner, I'd be so mad. No, he's gonna take Kyle Hamilton. I would be like, yeah, oh, I no. I'd be happy don't about do that. it. But, just, uh, don't, don't say that to me. Don't say it. To I'd me. be psyched, dude. Listen, if we came away, if, if we you just had every me, edge rusher on the board and we yes. took Kyle Hamilton, I'd, no, I'd, be upset. Ooh, I'd be upset. I'd be furious. I'd be upset, right? But if we ended up in the first with going Kyle Hamilton and Karloftis, I would be ecstatic, ecstatic. Mm. I know most of the Jets fans, oh, my God, it's worst-case scenario. Not for me. I would be ecstatic, and I do my own research. I don't depend on anybody to tell me shit. So I, I like my guys. And uh, But, yes, if all the edge rushers are on the board and we take a safety, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be disappointed, to say the least. <laughs> uh, Slim says, can't pass on KT. This is how SAP was passed on. I could understand that thought process. And Jake actually says again, he goes, one person I spoke with today said that if Walker goes one, it's a lock. KT is going to be there at number four for the Jets. I do think Hutchinson goes two uh, in that situation. Three, like we were talking about, offensive line or corner for the Texans. But then, I look, I some people that I talk to, and I don't know if it's... I don't know the validity or how how uh, how much confidence I can put in this individual, and I'm, I'm vetting it, and I have to wait through the end of the draft, unfortunately, to see it. But I was told KT was scratched off our list, and you know it scares me to think that because I think there's a real good shot if we pass on him, the Giants are taking him, and I really don't want that to happen. There's there's no real situation where I feel comfortable passing on Kayvon Thibodeau. I'm hoping he gets drafted ahead of us. So that way it doesn't even like play a factor. Like I just, I don't want to have to be in charge of that decision. Yeah. I hear you. Like, so if Hutchinson slides, I would rather Kayvon Thibodeau be gone. Cause then it's, you know, it's easy. But if, if, if Kayvon Thibodeau is there, I just want them to take him. Like, don't overthink this. Mm-hmm. Grab the best edge rusher in the class, put him with Carl Lawson. Like the first thing you do, you go, Hey man, how you feeling? I'm going to be great for you. Yeah. Hold on. Here's Carl Lawson. Like that's how it should go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This is your new best friend. He wants you to meet him in the gym 6 a.m. tomorrow. Get on a plane and go meet Carl. And that's all we want to see is you and Carl Lawson uh, eating dinner together, playing games together, working out together. You know, that's it. That's the way it should be. And if they did that, KT, you don't have a, you don't have a thing to worry about with Carl Lawson around. Uh, Joe drops in, says, only Jets channel I watch, guys. Keep it up. I feel like I'm in the minority. I love Drake London. Reminds me of Mike Evans. Definitely Sauce or KD uh, KT at four. London at ten. 
London not running the 40 scares me. I think, I don't know. I, I like Debo so much more because of the system fit and what he's produced in the NFL that I would prefer to trade 10 for him than any receiver in this draft. And Greenbean and I have both said we feel more comfortable at wide receiver in the second round uh, than we do at the top end over here. But, Joe, we love you. Absolutely love you. Um, let me pronounce this the correct way. Kairoon. Ha-ha, Kairoon says, I live in Chico, California, where Sierra Nevada is brewed. It's okay. IPAs really don't taste good. Boddington's British Ale. Anyway, can we just draft? Dude, I can't wait for the draft. We've been beating our brains senseless for the last, like, month, it feels like. Um, he's talking about Sierra Nevada, because I had Sierra Nevada at our uh, baby shower this past weekend, and I had the Little Hazy IPA. I love IPAs, especially, like, this-ish time of year. And then once we get into, like, really warm weather, I kind of switch over to the seltzers. Uh, and then when we get back to fall is when I switch back over to the IPAs. I love me some IPAs. I really do. Um, I've never had Boddington's British Ale. Um, I'd be willing to try it, though. Absolutely would be willing to try it. Uh, John says, I made a $10 bet on the Jets to win the Super Bowl. Nice. <laughs> 16000 to 1. Sauce at 4. KT slides to 10. That's probably, like, my ideal situation. <laughs> Sauce at 1. KT falls to 10. So it's more of, like, a statement pick, kind of. And then you trade whatever you got to trade to try and get Debo uh, with those later picks. Because I do think you got to get the receiver. Greenbean, any thoughts on uh, John's oh, super chat up? here? Sauce at I'm four, sorry. KT slides to 10. I made it 10 now. Uh, sauce at four, yeah. If KT slides to 10, yeah, I don't know. This is, a, again, it's like what we were talking about Oops. It's like what we were talking about before. Like, that seems like a complex way to get it done to me. It seems like all kinds of risk. Like, yeah. is our priority cornerback going into this season? Is it? Like, I don't know. And, and I get it. Best player available at a position of need. You're What, what you're saying, Heibendahl, is that cornerback is our, is our priority. And that edge rusher will wait and see if he slips. Like... Mm. That's backwards to me. Now, if we come out of the draft with Kayvon Thibodeau and Sauce Gardner, I'm not going to complain. Two great players, you know. But, uh, again, I don't really want to see cornerback. I would much prefer Kyle Hamilton. Much prefer. It would change our defense. If we grabbed a, a, a legitimate edge rusher and a safety like him with our cornerbacks, it would be fantastic. Use a 35 or 38 for one of these linebackers, Christian Harris or somebody. Dude, now we're talking. Sauce to me, it's like, dude, we already have cornerbacks. Let them run it at run it back. Say so they they we just used a whole year getting them acclimated to the system. And don't forget, we've used four draft picks and eleven million dollars on cornerbacks the past two years. So, like, can we move on from cornerbacks and offensive tackles already? Can we can we fucking do something else? You know? So that said, if they get two great players, I'm not going to be upset, but that's not my preferred way. Yeah, so for me, if we're saying it's tough, right? Like if, if you and I are saying, okay, we think offensive linemen should be the pick for the Jaguars at one. 
if Hutchinson goes two and, you know, an offensive lineman goes three or, you know, maybe it's Stingley at three, like Asman's saying, possibly. Um, and now you have four of the top edge rushers, four of the top five, and yeah. Sauce is sitting there. I'm playing the numbers game. It depends on if you like all the edge rushers the same. If you don't like all the edge rushers the same, take your guy at four. I think that's the right pick to do, the same way we were talking about Becton uh, in 2020. But if you like a lot of them, then you take Sauce at four. The Giants are going offensive line. The Panthers are going quarterback or offensive line. The Giants then go either a corner, a safety, maybe a D-end, potentially. Um, And then I think... Atlanta goes receiver. I think... I don't know what Seattle does. Seattle could be a corner, but it's so tough yeah. because if Stingley has gone and Sauce has gone, I don't know if there's a corner worthy of a top 10 pick. So it creates a weird situation. But I, I, I think, if I'm playing the numbers game, I think there's if there's four edge rushers left, at least two are going to be there for the Jets at 10. You know, though, I, I hear you, and logically you, you're making a lot of sense. At the same time, it's been said for months that there might even be the first three edge rushers gone in the top three picks. Yeah. So I think if edge rushers are getting to that place where teams all but wrote them off, mm-hmm. edge is such a premium position. And the top five edge rushers in this class, for one reason or another, pick your flavor, mm-hmm. they're as good of a group of edge rushers as we as we've seen in a draft class in a long time. Now the 2000, what was that? 2000 and uh, the Dwayne Haskins draft. There was there was a bunch that of good. Was but the that Quinnen was the draft. That was the yeah. That was, that was Quinn and Bosa. It was Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah. Montez Sweat, Montez Lou, uh, Sweat. Oliver, Ed Oliver. So, but there were a lot of interior guys too. But that was a very strong defensive line draft. Both edge, Josh Allen, and mm-hmm. interior. And what did you see in that first round? Everybody feasted. Why? Because that's the best group. We got to get one of these guys. Just like in a strong wide receiver class, you see seven, eight wide receivers going to first. Why? Because it's the year to do that. This is the year to feast. You know, like I always say, you don't walk into a Chinese restaurant and order the fucking hot dog. You know what I mean? It's not, they're like, they have it just because. It's not what you want. You go to a Chinese food restaurant, you get their specialty. You get the happy family, Ryan. (laughs) Get the poop platter. I get my generous sows with some pork fried rice. Love it. There you go. Absolutely love it. Gabe says, Ryan, what will you do if your wife goes into labor during the draft? Well, I have this thing uh, and I have Uber on it. (laughs) And I might get like in a lot of trouble when I leave this stream now, if she's watching this. No, if baby, baby starts coming, I got to go. And I'll be live streaming from the hospital. No, 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 it's not happening yet. June 11th, far along? June 11th is, 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 is oh, when babies do. I got time, yeah. but we're saying if the, if the, if the water breaks and stuff starts happening, um, I would, I would be upset. <laughs> I hope it doesn't happen. Yeah. See, look, I'm a big dinosaur guy growing up. It was Tonka trucks versus dinosaurs in the sandbox all the time. And June 11th is one date after the release date for the new Jurassic world movie. If there is someone looking down on me, my daughter's going to be born <laughs> on the release date of the new Jurassic World. That's what's going to wind up happening to me. That's fine. Ain't nothing it's, wrong oh, with yeah, that. That's fine. I'm all right with that. Uh, Kevin drops on another set, super chat, says, The Jets passed on Troy Polamalu, Hutch Sauce, 
Kyle at four. Ah, man, I would be. I really don't want Hamilton at four. That's like the that's the no, one no. player that's going to trigger the shit out of me. It's going to trigger at a lot four. of Jets fans. I would spend the next all the way until ten laughing. I would because mm. <laughs> I'd be having now. I don't want to pass on Hutch or Thibodeau for yeah, that. Yeah. I don't. Um, but I would love to come out of the draft with Thibodeau and Hamilton. Uh, I, I would, or even, you know, any of the edge rushers really in that first group. I like Karloftis. I like uh, Hutchinson, Tibbs, Karloftis the best, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be unhappy if the Jets like Walker the best or the Jets like uh, Johnson the best because they're both raw enough that the Jets might be taking them because they feel like they can put their stamp on them. They can mold mm-hmm. their pure talent into what they want him to be. And I, and I understand that and respect it, but man, if we ended up getting uh, Kyle Hamilton in this draft, dude, I'm, it's going to take only about three or four games for Jets fans to, to, to change their tune. He's that he's going to be so good for this defense. But the other thing is the best Kevin Delaney, the best year to compare it to, we needed a safety in 2002 needed one. And People like myself, I was already doing this draft analysis thing, not to quite to the degree that I do now, but I was already going through the players and paying attention. I wanted Ed Reed that year. I wanted him. And many Jets fans wanted him. A lot of Jets fans said, he sucks. You don't want him. He's going to be a maze, a jag, all that kind of stuff. I wanted Ed Reed. We passed on Ed Reed in a very strong safety class for – um. Oh, my God. What the hell's his name? I can't believe it. Uh, Brian Thomas, linebacker, Brian Thomas. Now, he was fine. He was a, a decent player for a long time for us. He had his good time. He had his good games, but he was just a solid player. And then we we just said, we'll just get our safety in the second round. We got John McGraw in the second round. He played for us for three years, got one interception, ended up having a 10-year career with five picks or something like that in his whole career. As we know, Ed Reed went on to the Hall of Fame. And that's the thing. Now, you can't predict such things. But when you look at Kyle Hamilton versus the rest of the safety class, there is a difference. As much as I like a lot of these safeties, I like so many of them. But, dude, there's a difference in the players. And I'm just saying, we've been here before, and we made the wrong choice. We could have taken Ed Reed. He was sitting right there, and we didn't. And I wanted him. So there you go. I'm looking over on the Jet Nation forum, and I saw an interesting post, which may help the Jets trade out of four if they want to. Uh, David Newton, of ESPN staff, uh, an ESPN staff writer in Charlotte, North Carolina, says, Carolina Panthers general manager Scott Fitterer met with Sam Darnold on Monday and told the number three pick of the 2018 NFL draft there is a pretty good chance the team will add a quarterback during the upcoming draft weekend. So that doesn't necessarily mean at pick six, but if you're doing the math, they don't have a yeah. second, they don't have a third, and they have a comp fourth pick, a yeah. comp fourth round pick. Like, if you're doing the math, it's it's the sixth pick is where they're, where right. they're taking Right, you're not going to call Sam Darnold in and say, hey, we just want to tell you we're going to draft mm-hmm. a late fourth round quarterback. Fucking cares, right? That's not yeah. worthy of telling him. They're going to take mm-hmm. a quarterback at six. Or they're going to slide back or up and take a quarterback, but they're using their first, no doubt. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a lock for him. If if you want to get your quarterback and you think it's Malik Willis, you have to jump in front of Carolina because they're going to try and take him. And I think it's the Saints and the Steelers that are realistic shots. And I'm cool with moving back, especially depending on how that like top three goes. Uh, Masuk 
drops in, says, teaching at a school in Montana. We had a guest speaker today who is a Jets fan. Awesome. Seeing Jets fandom being represented all over the places. Dude, I loved the 2009-2010 season because there was no expectations for the Jets, or at least in 2009, because they kind of backed their way into the playoffs. But when the Jets got in and they won the first game and the buzz started generating around New York City and then they won the second game and it really started humming along and then you go into 2010 and the Jets started clicking on all cylinders and they win the two playoff games again. Dude, there is nothing like when the Jets are good because New York City is buzzing. The Jet fans come out of the woodwork. There's a bunch of us around the U.S., a ton of Jet fans that just don't have that energy. Like like the 600 people we have at 11 o'clock at night right now in the chat uh, to have that kind of energy. So when the Jets do well, you're going to see all these Jet YouTube channels absolutely explode. It's going to erupt. You're gonna, it's going to be like the, the giant YouTubers. You see uh, guys with 50,000 subscribers, things like that. that you, that's what's going to wind up happening. There's a lot of Jet fans that are just in hibernation mode right now. Right. It's going to come out. Yeah, dude. If we ever start winning, Brian, we're going to be all over the joint. <laughs> it's it's going to be nuts. great. And you got that's what's it. There's so much passion. And, like, the Jet fans – after being beaten down for so long, the energy that we're going to be allowed, like I'm going to be more obnoxious than any Patriot fan you've ever met. <laughs> I will ruin people. I love talking smack. Yeah. And the fact that I haven't been able to do it for like a long time really grinds my gears. I want to just start like talking shit on the bills, on the fins, on the pats. Like, I don't care. I'm going to get Mario over at hashtag sports fired up at me. It's going to be fantastic. That's great. It's exciting. Ugh, I love it. Um, all right, Greenbean, we've finally gotten through all the Super Chats. And you said you wanted to uh, oh, yeah. screen share. Yeah, yeah, so, let me do this thing. I'm ready. Let's, let's see what we got. All right, guys, I made this for you guys today. You gotta, I got to have the sound, so don't. So tell me if the sound is not on. Okay, you ready? All right, hit it. Let's see if it – I don't know if I have to change my, my thing. Oh, you see on, it? Hold on. Hold on. You see it yet? Hold on. If you I see hit, it? <laughs> I see. Whoop. Hold on. Cancel. Not what I was trying to do. Let's try that again. Get rid of. Nope. Now that's me. <laughs> I'm just clicking on shit now. Uh, All right. Well, I'm going to get out of it. Uh, and... uh, give me a second. Let me, let me figure it out. There's got to be some way to do this. Yeah. I made this for you guys to remind us that our cupboards aren't as bare as we think. So we have lots of room for groceries, no doubt. But there is somebody on the team that if we just help him, give him some players, he, he's going right. to dominate. Oh, come on. How do I do this? Can, oh, I can assign it as a guest. Oh, let's see if we can do this. Let's do, let's do this. I made this with my own hands, everybody. I made it for you today. Oh, it's going to be so small. Hold on. Let me. Oh, you got to make it bigger. Yeah. Yeah, I'm screwing up here. I'll, I'll figure it out. If we do this, I wait ah, you guys see it in the chat. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, I gotta, I gotta figure out how I can get one without us in it. Um, ba, 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 ba. if I add a scene, let's try this. Let's, let's do this as a solo. Ah, okay. Can you hear me, Greenbean? Yeah, yeah. You ready? 
All right, we should should be good. I don't know how how big is it. Is it like it's uh well it's it's that that's it that's the whole thing. Oh okay, that's I just wasn't big. sure if I was yeah. missing part of it. All right. No no no. Let me just how do I hold on? Let me just play it now. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Yo. I really want CJ Mosley to hit CJ Mosley of that first Buffalo game we got to see. And dude, some of the hits he laid a lick on guys this year, like he's still a dominant linebacker. And I think he's going to perform even better if we have some edge rushers in front of him and we have a little bit more help on the back end. Cause my guess is we probably saw him hampered a little bit because he's trying to spread out that talent a little bit more. I think people gave him a little bit more of a bad rap this past year than he really deserved. How can people in the chat say CJ Mosley quit on us? How can you no, no way. that conclusion? I How think he, you I, I think you that? can say he I think you could say he quit on Adam Gase to protect his body. I think like the opt-out year was was a funky thing, especially if he was out at a bar in Alabama. Like that that doesn't jive well. Um, but we don't know if that was actually like legit because that was just that could have yeah. been like from no, that another was from time months earlier. That was that picture yeah. was from earlier. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing we got to stop reading like headlines, dude. Listen, here's what we have: C.J. Mosley came back last year, played every single mm -hmm. game on an incredibly shitty team with injuries and people falling all over him, and mm -hmm. was running around like an animal. He was alone in the front mm -hmm. seven. You had Quinn and Williams, obviously. He got no help, and we mm -hmm. saw it, dude. He could have easily packed it in last year. He was still playing 100 miles an hour in the last game of the year, dude. He made down, and people forget he made it through his whole season, just about, you know. So I don't know. People are nuts, man. People are crazy. What uh, do we want? I don't know, man. They're I don't know. Nuts. Darrell Revis dropped in with super chat says. KT, Hamilton, Dean, and Pickens. Dude, I'd, I'd be really excited with that. You get your edge rusher. I love N'Kobe Dean. I really like George Pickens. I think he could be the best receiver in this class. Uh, and Hamilton at 10. We have the luxury of two top 10 picks. And you can just go best player available. And Hamilton might be that at 10. Yeah. Let me just remind everybody real quick. 66 mm -hmm. players opted out in 2020. So it's not mm -hmm. like C.J. Mosley opted out. You know and I mean? like 15 were on the Pats. <laughs> it was like yeah. insane, or like 13 or whatever. Yeah. It was like 25% of the entire opt-outs were on the Pats, uh, Patriots. Yeah. Um, we CJ Mosley, I think, was our only. Or no, we had one. We had a receiver, didn't we? A guy that Bryce we were going to cut. 
with yeah, Bryce Hall made all seventeen. Oh, you mean yeah, Dotson was opted out. Yeah, yeah, I thought that's you what it was. Yeah, we were gonna cut him, and it was like, okay, I'm gonna opt out so I get the money. <laughs> that, that's what it was, I think. Uh, Chris drops in with a super chat. Says, "Been listening to the 49ers fan base recently, and what they are asking for Debo. Most say 10 and 35, but I've heard some say 10, 35, and 38. I'm just like, bruh. Now, I've seen when I was looking at the NFL Reddit when they were talking about the Jets would offer the 10 pick for Debo Samuel." all the San Francisco 49er fans in there were saying, take it and run now. Like, absolutely. So I don't think a lot of the realistic fans think you're going to get 1035, let alone 1035 and 38. Like, I'm kind of at the point where I don't think anyone is beating 35 and 38 if we offer it. Because I would say 35 and 38 trumps almost every pick that would be offered. Because, I mean, do you see... Philly offering two firsts for him. I don't know if I see that. Kansas City offering two firsts or the Packers offering two firsts. Now that's legitimate for sure, but I don't think you're going to have to give up more than the 10 pick to get Debo Samuel plus a $30 million contract. I really don't. I think they're overvaluing. Again, like you just have to look at what's going on out there. Like Tyreek Hill has been a dominant receiver for seven, eight years. One of the best, if not the best in the NFL for numerous years. Mm-hmm. He got pick 13 value. It was five picks, and but there's fourths and fifths and all kinds of shit. Then you look at Devontae Adams, arguably the number one re- receiver in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He got about pick 15, I think it was, or maybe I have it reversed. For, forgive me. But why in the world would a one-year guy, essentially, like Debo Samuel get pick 10, which is already more than anybody else got, and 35, and 38. Like, why? Where does that come from? They're nuts. And Joe Douglas, if he ever paid that, I would lose some respect for him. It's too much. Don't do it. Yeah, don't give up that much for him. I I like Debo a lot, and I do think he's better than any of the receivers in this draft, but you're giving up three starters. Like that's yeah. that's a lot to give up for a guy that look. I, I'll be honest. There's a there is some risk with Debo. He's had injuries. Like I don't think it's. I think number ten by all means give it up. But just uh, you gotta gotta be a little careful. Um. All right. We have finally reached <laughs> the end of yeah, our stream. We're just a oh Chris drops <laughs> drops right. in with after another Chris, one. No more. I I do have to go though after this uh, one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he says I personally think JD gets done. For 10 and 69, just because they're going to want more, I think 49ers give Debo and a fifth or a fourth. Um, yeah, okay, I'd be fine with that. If you want to give up a like 10 and 69, I look, I don't love giving it up, but I'm not going to lose sleep over losing the third uh, round pick and getting Debo Samuel. I just think 10 I is. I yeah. real, I think 10 gets it done. All right, Green Bean. Yeah. We're doing some Rochambeau or some uh, odds and evens real quick. Three, two, one. Odds. Three, two, one. Odds. Friggin' Denzel Mims doesn't matter. <laughs> Drops in at the end. He says, love you guys. Definitely made my night. Well, I'm glad. Yeah, there you uh, go. All right. That's the Three, two, one. 
All right, so our winner of today's shirt, and I forgot to ask for the chat's input on this because I didn't realize how many I had left. Uh, Champa de God. Where is it? Champa there you go. Champa to God, you are our winner for tonight. Reach out to me on social media. I want to get your information. I'll send you out a shirt. Uh, and don't forget to hang out with us live on draft day. We're going to have all sorts of fun. We got giveaways. We got special guests coming on. I can't wait. Kevin, I'm not answering that super chat that says, wait, why uh, was that actually Revis? No, it wasn't. Um, no, it wasn't. <laughs> but, but I love you all the same. Boys and girls, it's been a lot of fun. This is Jets Talk signing off. J-E-T-S! Where are you going to be on drafting? I don't think people realize just how many people are coming on over these three days. It's nice to know that our general manager actually has a plan. I'm ready. Sorry. <laughs> Jets have four picks in the top 40. This just might be the most important draft in New York Jets history. I can't believe this is our third year doing this. I know. It's like the guest list that we have is anybody and everybody. This is going to be the biggest one of them all. So it gets bigger every single year. It's awesome. I love it. I can't wait for it. <laughs> That's awesome.